Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Baby, I'm a fool, but it's Shack on a hill in the Mossy Creek bottoms of King Creek, Arkansas. This is Lighting the Void once again, and I am your host, Joe Roop. I apologize for the late start, but we had some technical difficulties in the airwaves. That happens sometimes. Tonight's Wednesday night, December the 4th, on into the 5th, and JJ and Desiree Hurtock are our guests tonight, and you want to check out these two websites for reference, futurescience.org and the keys or keys of Enoch.org. We're going to get into some deep, deep spiritual and esoteric knowledge tonight so strap in i hope you're ready for this this show is brought to you by get the make sure you go get your life change tea grab some coral sea and some uh, alice in advance for all this winter junk going on also ancientlifeoil.com the best cbd oil on the planet and metaphorical archaeology if you've had any type of paranormal or uh 
You can even say uh, poltergeist, even trauma, paranormal trauma. You can get a free session if you call Barbara at 214-995-3754. That's metaphorical archaeology. And uh, we're going to be kicking off some new shows this week. We had the Secrets of Saturn come on earlier uh, with uh, Jason Lingren and Wayne McCroy Jr. Also, um, Tim Doyle is going to be launching his show pretty soon, probably within the next day or two. And then uh, more stuff's coming to the Fringe FM. So it's getting pretty exciting out of here. And speaking of Tim Doyle, make sure you head on over to ufoseekers.com. Back then supported by the Fringe FM and Lighting the Void. And if you want to keep a journalistic approach to what's going on, follow them on social media at ufoseekers. Also, their videos and investigations are the best out there. YouTube.com forward slash ufoseekers. And their website is ufoseekers.com. If you've had a sighting that you'd like to report, give them a call at 661-UFO-7889. And so since we've got a late start, we're just going to jump right into this. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guests now. J.J. Hurtock and Desiree Hurtock are social scientists and founders of the Academy for Future Science, which is an international organization. In addition to writing numerous books together, they have also produced many films and music providing an in-depth look at science and the experience of consciousness development. And Dr. J.J. Hurtock is the author of the bestseller, The Book of Knowledge, The Keys of Enoch, translated into over 25 languages. Dr. J.J. Hurtock also wrote The End of Suffering, which he co-authored with remote viewing specialist Russell Targ. Now, together, the Dr. Hurtocks are co-authors of Mind Dynamics in Space and Time, which was released in 2016 with the collaboration of world-renowned physicist Elizabeth Rosher. Now, which in, that book encompasses the rigorous scientific research of remote viewing and consciousness. And their latest book is entitled Giza's Industrial Complex, which was released this year, which they co-authored with the award-winning builder James Brown. They themselves have over 15 awards from international film festivals for their animated and graphic arts films regarding the exploration of consciousness entitled Merkaba in 1997, The Light Body in 2002, Initiation in 2004, and The Voice of Africa in 2013, and The Gates of Light in 2014. Among their uh, numerous music CDs is Sacred Name, Sacred Codes, which was in 2012, with music by Stephen Halpern. Um, so these two are pretty much going to discuss new advances in non-local mind consciousness development and communications are introducing changes in our traditional paradigms of science. Thank God, right? And so one unique development of communications has come through remote viewing, and that allows us to know the world and things around us that are beyond our five senses. And this new concept, the power of consciousness, is clearly able to operate as a non-local perception, allowing us the ability to sense distance events or objects, as well as influence targets. More and more research is showing that our mind functions uh, within a consciousness field that is non-local and may also be multidimensional. We are the observer, but this reality, but in this reality, the observer can make a difference in the world around us. So uh, the Hurtocks, they bring this research to the present and how it works in our daily lives. So I kind of want to talk both about the Enoch book and this, and thank you guys for being patient with our technical difficulties. I really appreciate it. And it's good to have you on the show. Wonderful. In fact, we don't mind waiting a few uh Minutes later, sometimes the electrical storms and seasonal changes make it difficult to speak internationally, but Dr. Desiree and myself are very pleased to be on your program as a beacon of light to so many thousands around the country. 
Yeah, thank and you so much. And we appreciate the nice introduction you gave. As you know, we're social scientists. We work behind the scenes with the top government specialists on the power of the mind, dealing with subjects from the paranormal to the parapsychical. We've also worked with the astronauts who conducted uh, experiments in outer space without any technology showing that the power of the mind can go faster than the speed of light, so to speak. And we've published uh, many of our books in different languages throughout the world, so we represent really a blueprint for a positive future, great changes that we must understand as part of this great transformational process. And you're right in saying, like, people are waking up, things are changing on the planet, that there seems to be a lot of awareness. And I think that's perfect because actually the Keys of Enoch that Dr. Jack wrote in 1973 from a unique experience he had said that, you know, we're in this period of being given information that will allow us to literally graduate to have cosmic contact. The name of your program is called The Fringe. I like to think of The Fringe as the space-time overlap with other civilizations. So we're at a gateway of new information coming out through government disclosure, coming out from new documentaries, and coming out from new uh, stories that we have been able to bring together from other cultures throughout the world, that the star nations, the higher intelligence, in the traditional sense, the higher angelic dimension is becoming more scientifically visible. Wow. So when you say scientifically visible, are you meaning the, like what we're seeing in the quantum realms as far as the light particles and stuff go, or are you talking about something entirely different? Well, every, all of the above, so to speak, but we were just recently on a UFO cruise, and, you know, we've also many times gone to a, a gathering called Contact in the Desert in Southern California, and they do these night-viewing goggles. It's usually green in color. And it's amazing how many people go out at night and see these things, can even capture it sometimes on their cell phone. So there's everything from UFOs being seen by night viewing goggles to people literally having experiences in, in their, you know, while driving a car and, or in their bedrooms or meditating. So all this is kind of coming together now. And scientists are starting to be able to pick up on this, and they realize how it works more and more because of the science of uh, quantum physics, which tells us, you know, we're all entangled. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I believe that totally, too. Uh, can I ask you guys a question real quick? I just want to step back and look at, because I've never got to talk to you guys about this, but the Keys of Enoch book. Now, I've I've looked into this a little bit, and I've studied things like the Tetragrammaton and yod heh and all the different names and stuff, but I haven't studied it like you guys have. And, and your website, thekeysofenoch.org, to me... And please correct me if I'm wrong here, but the that name, you know, that YHVH or YHWH, that name kind of shows us like a, a type of quantum entanglement, does it not? Yes, it does. In fact, uh, I'm glad you emphasized the name that's most commonly used in the Holy Scriptures, and it's connected, of course, with the idea that God has a code in his name. And we were the first to publish in 1973 how the, the name of God in the ancient Hebrew Aramaic can activate certain uh, frequencies within our body and actually connect with the DNA, RNA system of our body. So in a certain sense, we call it the God Code because, um, you know, our DNA actually has four nucleobases. Some people are familiar with this, adenine, guanine, uh, cytosine. cell, and cytosine. But... 
only three are used. And if you look at that in comparison to the divine name, like you mentioned, you have Y, H, W, or V. We'll say W, H. So you have also four letters, really, or three letters in four places. It's just like our DNA. And then by changing the letters around, which you can do, the ancients did this called permutations, you're able to be able to, uh, you know, do the same thing that you do with DNA. I mean, you're constructing DNA... a vibratory code that influences the way you think, the way you act, the way you uplift yourself through positive psychology and positive sociology. So, our work has been involved with musical linguistics. Our work has been involved with uh, parapsychology and paraphysics with some of the leading scientists, also including a man by the name of Harold Sherman, who was from a, a Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas. Many wow, years wow. ago, you had a great, great. Uh, gentleman from Arkansas who recently wrote the book on ESP and had uh, an organization called ESP Research Associates Foundation there in Little Rock. I met him years ago. He was thrilled with our work, but our work in many ways was too technical for the average person. So we have had to come up with films and documents and music studies to show that just take a little bit of the ancient teaching and move it to a higher level of vibration and make sense. Harold actually lived in Mountain View, uh, but that's not too far. It's just north of Little yeah. Rock, but his foundation founded there. Wow. Okay. So that wasn't. That's kind of. That was founded in the Ozarks. That's very cool. Interesting. Actually, I think legally it was founded in Little Rock, according to you know. But he had a home, uh, really a cabin. I think he called it the Ark Haven, A R K Haven, up in Mountain uh, View. And Harold worked with astronaut uh, Edgar Mitchell. We worked with astronaut Edgar Mitchell. He was the sixth man to work on, walk on the moon. And he did experiments, psychic experiments, when he was in outer space, showing mind over matter does work. You can communicate thousands of miles, literally over 200,000 uh, miles to Earth, to individual biological targets. Very sophisticated mathematical code. So Harold Truman worked very closely with also astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who eventually founded the IONS Institute, the Institute of Noetic Science. It's really taken some of this, oh, yeah. you know, to a higher oh. level. Yeah, thank you know, God bless IONS, right? Thank you know, because that there's other institutions out there that are doing big, big things, but IONS is definitely one of them. Um, you, you know, look, I want to put some of this stuff together because I've talked about, uh, you know, magic and stuff on the show, mysticism, spirituality, uh, consciousness exploration, the out-of-body experience. And in my view, it all runs together, and I'll tell you why, and maybe you guys can fill in the blanks here. Uh, at, the, at the same time, I was studying uh, a Rosicrucian-style magic, which really tapped into the four-letter name of God, right? YHVH, they have a few rituals there where you vibrate the names and and call out to the archangels and at the same time was reading uh journeys beyond the body uh with robert monroe and stuff and i really wanted to have this experience now I'm obsessed over having this experience actually because i wanted to it's not that i didn't believe in it y'all it's just like i just had to experience it so i would know now here's the thing it didn't i didn't launch out of my body for the first time until i started using that four letter name does that make sense to y'all is there something there? You know, one has to have a sense of humility and sincerity in the use of sacred language. This is why it's something that cannot be learned by buying a book or going to a weekend seminar. I was uh, able to study the biblical languages. I studied for many years as a young professor. I was also taken back that uh, the ancient teachers 
had these angelic experiences, but it was only when I was humble enough to call upon God's name and use it with the permutations in the ancient Hebrew Aramaic and also in the Greek language of the New Testament that I had these unique experiences. But the information was so vast and so, shall we say, global in its intensity and vision, I had to write it down carefully and share it with only a handful of scholars. So we feel like really the body is a vibratory channel, if I can call it that, or frequency, and when you resonate with the right tones, and I know people are starting to pick up on this, even going to seminars, people are using certain types of mantras and vibrations and guided meditations, and they're starting to have some connection, we call it a, like a linkage with other realities, and I, I think that's really, when you use the divine name, you're re reaching some of the highest vibrations that are possible. So I think that's really important. I'd love to hear maybe even if you have the time now or after the break uh, what your experience was with this. But I want to say, Joe, to you and the audience there that Desiree and I have published a book called The 72 Divine Names of the Most High. And in this we explain linguistically and musically how to use these names because this, by reading this in the keys or any one of the classical books is not sufficient. Most people take time to develop the breathing techniques. They have to develop what we would call a vibratory sense of using language properly, so all seven levels of the body circuitry are activated. They have to have a sense of joy and happiness, uh -huh. the proper intention to use the higher mysteries for the welfare of the human race. And so we put this in a beautiful book that's been illustrated by one of the top artists from Missouri, and uh, it's, it's uh, a very interesting book for beginners. So those of you who are interested, go to our website, keysofenoch.org, and be appraised that we have this book called The 72 Living Divine Names of the Most High. And this will give you the information you need linguistically as well as historically to feel comfortable. And I just want to say a lot of people don't like the word Jehovah, but as, that's why I'm glad you said the four letters, because basically it's all the permutations. It's not yod heh vod heh it's heh yod vod yod vod heh It's all the permutations. It's a vibratory frequency that the ancients understood, and really it relates right to us today in our DNA. So God's name is a code word. It's a code system to activate his light within our body, to raise our consciousness within his name, and that is why it's referred to, even in the book of Revelation, John the Divine, that his name will be upon our forehead. But just on a basic level, it's also connected with the three, which is like a trinity or even a tetrahedron, and then that unfolds into the four, which is really like our fourth dimensional reality. So third and fourth dimensional reality is starting to be manifest through that energy. That is so fascinating. Yeah, because when I started learning it, I was just the basic name. I was learning the Hebrew language and all of its correspondences and... I bought this book actually that I really love called the Aleph Bet, right? And it's uh, it's just it's a really thick book that gives you the entire unfolding story of the Hebrew language and the magic behind it. And I just wonder, do you guys have any inclination as to where this came from? Like some people say that the you know the Hebrews learned this from the Egyptians and the Egyptians from the Brahmins. I, I'm not so sure. I wonder how far back this really goes, or if it goes into some race that's even more ancient than we're aware of. Exactly. That's what we feel. You know, everyone wants to, you know, identify it with something upon the earth, 
basically the Bible starts with the Elohim, which were a power uh, of the creator of gods, and then all of a sudden there's this manifestation, still in Genesis, the book of Genesis, mm-hmm. with Yahweh Elohim. So it's a certain vibratory frequency that comes in at the time, especially connected with the Adamic species, which is what we consider ourselves, uh, all of us on the planet, no matter what race. And so basically it's coming from a higher vibratory frequency, and it's coming from also the, the mathematics. If you've studied the Alephbet and some of that, you understand the mathematics of each of the letters. Like the first, the Yod is a 10. That's so like a completion. So most of the biblical scholars and archaeologists recognize the Hebrew language is traceable to that uh, patriarch called Eber, E-B-E-R, and that name means those who come from the other side of the river. Some think this is a metaphysical reference to angelic origins of the Hebrew language from the heavens. Others think it's from one of the early patriarchs who came across the Euphrates. Others from the rare area we call Yemen and the Saudi Peninsula. There's various theories, but the point of it is the language itself defines a unique vibratory knowledge that has influenced some of the greatest minds on Mother Earth, including the great Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And wonderful uh, painters, artists, musicians who've been inspired by God's holy names. Keep up the great work. And if you're interested, we can give you other citations and references. But the Aleph Bet book is a very good beginner text. Yeah, it's just there's just so much stuff in there. And this is good where we can start here and kind of work into what you guys are doing uh, now and what you guys are planning on doing in the future with your work. Uh, yeah, this is going to be a really good conversation, I can tell right off the bat. Look, guys, tonight we're here with Dr. J.J. Hurtock and Desiree Hurtock. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Corbin, son of the one and only Joe Root, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. You know, stress is at an all-time high, and all of us could use a little bit of stress relief. That's why I want to talk to you about Soothe. Now, this is an app you can download on your phone. They have a massage therapist that arrives with a massage table, sheets, lotion, oils, and music, and you're in charge. You can book in seconds and schedule at 8 a.m. to midnight. Massage seven days a week, anytime it's available. There's a 60-minute arrival period. A vetted background-checked massage therapist will come to you in as little as an hour. All of the therapists are vetted by industry veterans that ensure a compassionate healing touch. So maybe you're a little stressed and you need to feel spoiled. Well... 
There's no better way to do that than relax at your own home and not have to deal with the outside world with Soothe. Right now, you can get $10 off your first massage by putting in the code word FRINGE10 at checkout. That's www.soothe.com or download the Soothe app and put in the code word FRINGE10. Hey, this is No Way Jose, a Northern California Piscean stuck in the Arizona desert. I'm a void walker, and I got the shoes to prove it. So what do I do when my soul yearns to delve deep into the realm of the unknown? I aim my satellite straight into the night sky and catch a smooth ride on the KTLK-DB radio waves. I tune into Lighting the Void with Joe Root on the French FM. Joe, Lighting the Void is the best show on the planet. This is Barney, your friend from Facebook. Thank you and all the crew for all you do. Namaste, my friend. This is Macon from the foothills of North Carolina, and I am a boardwalker. G'day, boardwalkers. This is Lily from down under Australia. The world may be small, but the enigma is greater. So let your curiosity take you for a journey with Joe Root. Hey, this is V, coming in from Central Maryland, and I am a voidwalker. This is Kevin Darkerty, a beginner voidwalker. I'm from Vancouver, B.C. I know a little about a lot, and uh, as Leonard Skinner said, I guess the rest. I learned a lot from uh, Mr. Root in the show, and I uh, heard it from the beginning. I knew right then he was going to be a new art bell. Thanks for all your uh, shows, and keep it up. Hey, this is Derek from Mass, a.k.a. the Night Stalker, and I'm a void walker. This is Mark from Chicago, and I walk the void to ascertain what is consciousness. My name is Jared Johnson, and I'm from Humboldt County, California. I do not know all the answers to the questions about reality. I do not claim to know the ultimate truth about life. I seek that which has been made hidden as a part of a family of explorers of consciousness. I'm a void walker. Thanks, Jaru. Come, walk through the mossy creek and up the hill. Never mind the flashing lights and otherworldly shadows. They stay hidden within the trees. Come, step up to the shack and begin your journey to the answers that you seek. This is Lady Anne, and you are listening to Lighting the Void on the Fringe FM. Okay, here we go. Ancientlifeoil.com. Ancientlifeoil.com. Now this is for CBD ancientlifeoil.com again for cbd where do i get cbd ancientlifeoil.com it's pretty good stuff organic non-gmo we are the ferrari of cbds ancientlifeoil.com you know they say when you mention a person's name three times when you first meet that you're going to remember so i'd say to you nice to meet you ancientlifeoil.com it's ancientlifeoil.com, right? Nice to know that you help people. Ancientlifeoil.com. Think about this. Occasional stress, occasional anxiety, occasional inflammation, occasional stiffness, and intruders that get you down. Ancientlifeoil.com. Okay, so I'm going to give you a fact for the day. So Ancient Life Oil does not help you with business deals. Hold on a second. If you feel better, it could help you make a better decision. Okay, I'm wrong. Just remember to go to ancientlifeoil.com. You're listening to Lighting the Void. The call-in number is 1-800-588-0335. 
If you would like to text, you can text in at 501-777-5631. Dr. J.J. and Desiree Hurtock are our guests tonight, and uh, we had a kind of a like a late start but man it really kicked off really hard and so i'm glad where this conversation is going we just got through talking about uh before the break the uh ancient four-letter name of god and the codes that are in uh, reality and consciousness with it uh you know there's one thing i wanted to talk to you guys about that i've kind of tapped into once in my life and i realized there was something very real to this was that the vibration even if we vibrate with our voice uh, really does something. It really puts off some type of energy or power where we can change things in our reality or open doorways in our consciousness. And, and I understand that you guys know all about that and you do your own types of music and stuff. Can you talk to me a little bit about understanding vibration and, and mantra a little bit more like you did before the break? Of course, uh, my background is in uh, a variety of subjects, including linguistics, um, the physical sciences, uh, music. Uh, I had the opportunity to be on the faculty with Ravi Shankar and Andre Previn to the Disney Corporation back in the early 70s. When I was vibrating God's holy names with musical cues or musical vibrations, I had this remarkable experience of angelic contact. And this persuaded me to go ahead and to work with other musicians. And my wife and I have had the opportunity to work with Carlos Santana, Alice Coltrane, and many of the top singers and instrumentalists uh, in, in all of the major countries of the world. Wow. We feel that we are moving into the age of the Holy Spirit, where divine knowledge and scientific knowledge are coming together through vibration, but it has to be a sacred vibration of celebration of life and the inner dimension of the Holy Spirit at work, as opposed to heavy metal music the music of what I will call materialism, sensationalism, and degradation of the human psyche. And this has caused us to be largely caught up in a dilemma of whether we want to go into a culture of violence or a culture of peace. And we think much of the violence we see amongst young people throughout the United States is due to this culture of violence that comes through the false programming. But we also work with Dr. Emoto, who was a Japanese uh, scientist who looked at water and he put water around different types of music, and you could tell that certain music literally made this beautiful kind of sacred geometry. And we've worked, as uh, it was mentioned in our bio, with Stephen Halpern. In fact, one of the CDs we came out with uses that divine name we talked about in the first part of the program, the yod Hey vod Hey, in many of the names. And it's a very, very powerful, when you, people listen to some of this music and other sacred music, of course, and we're not going to say we have the whole, uh, the only one, but there's a vibratory frequency that just takes you into a different level. And it can sometimes do things like, you know, purify the energy around you, help you change the energy in your car, in your house, with your family. There's a lot. And even within yourself, we think people should meditate because especially in the hecticness that we're living in right now, if you don't take time out for yourself, you're going to end up with health issues and other issues that are going on around you. So the meditation is good. A lot of people can't do silent meditation, so we highly recommend the mantras because it vibrates 
in your system, and it helps to literally heal the cells, just like Emoto showed in the water. The water is much more beautiful when you use certain types of music and vibrations and positive thought. Wow. Yeah, see, because... And when I was doing these things, it's kind of like when you go get a book, right? Someone says, here, read this book, do this prayer, do this meditation or mantra or whatever, and things will start to happen. And I think a lot of times in our life, what we do is we start doing these things and we don't really understand why we're doing it just because we want to have an experience so bad, right? Um, And then we give up because maybe it doesn't happen right away or maybe it doesn't feel right. But what I like about your website, especially – the keys of Enoch.org is you guys really get into, you start with the basics of it, right? So you kind of start with the book of knowledge, right? The keys of Enoch and then teach about that and then work your way out into this spirit science world where everything kind of blends together. Is that what y'all are trying to do is show how it all just runs together? Absolutely. Bringing not only running together, but harmonizes together. And this is the work of the great poets in the old Testament. And we have the celebration in the new Testament in the book of Revelation that speaks in chapter 15 of the Almighty moving upon the waters of creation. And there are many figures of speech or symbols of speech that are too abstract to be taken literally until one gets into the concept that there are greater force fields of energy that the writers of scripture and the ancient poets, scholars are referring to in the divine experience. We call that the over-self or the Christ self that is awakened. But we really don't see any difference. I know this is something that you like as well, really between science and religion, especially when you take science with the understanding of quantum physics and what we would say remote viewing. I mean, for your listening audience, if they're not familiar, there was a lot of experiments. In fact, our good friend Russell Targ, you mentioned Dr. Tech co wrote a book with him. He has a new uh, video out on uh, Amazon Prime called Third Eye Spies. Oh, yeah. They did a lot of work the government, and it, I highly recommend it because it's amazing what they they were able to read names of file cabinets in a top secret NSA classified bunker. <laughs> I mean, one place underground, three thousand miles away. So this is just a small part of the top scientists we work with uh, at Stanford Research Institute and other places, who for twenty years were trying to disprove the fact that the mind when elevated to a higher state of vibration, can see it through distant uh, dimensions and retrieve technical knowledge without the use of technology. And I think the most interesting thing, and this is something that Russell and his friend Hal Putoff, who were head of the SRI program there, did. They, they analyzed the time it takes to get the information. And it turns out that it's faster than the speed of light or the speed of sound. So they theorized that the consciousness they tap into is this entangled consciousness or non-local consciousness that no one like sends their consciousness like to Russia to look at something and then brings it back. They just tune in to the space-time reality of Russia either now or they've actually sometimes tuned into things in the past or the future. One of the cool things is Ingo Swan wrote about the planet Jupiter before uh, we made NASA our... probes went to Jupiter. Even he like wrote science. about the fact that there was a ring around Jupiter, very faint, but an accurate description was later proven by NASA scientists. So we put this in a book by another colleague of Russell Targ and ourselves called Elizabeth Rauscher, Dr. Elizabeth Rauscher, 
And the book we published last year was called Mind Dynamics in Space and Time. And this book is over 600 pages that deals with the top scientific experiments. I call them the real X-Files. So this blows the lid off of secrecy and shows that a small group of U.S. engineers, scientists, and educators were able to prove statistically and through experiments that the mind can see at distances that are beyond the rational understanding of psychic phenomena. So you asked earlier, you know, how did we get the names like Yote Vote or something like that? Mm. And the idea with remote viewing that actually it's not like an angel that's living in some other reality has to like leave that other reality, you know, come down here, say hi to you, give you some information and then go back. I mean, that's not how it works. Remote viewing doesn't work that way. Non-locality doesn't work that way. It's a matter of just extending consciousness reality. And I think this is what people are starting to pick up on now, that, you know, if they're aware of it, we are totally interconnected to whatever we want to tune into. If we want to tune into, you know, who's going to win the World Series or if we want to tune into, you know, what's on another planet or what's going to happen in four days from now, Sometimes we can, and Russell Todd did a whole experiment. An experiment I was involved with in 1972-73, I saw through remote viewing uh, pyramid structures on the surface of our sister planet Mars. And later when Mariner 9 got to Mars and proved that there were actual pyramids hundreds of times larger than the Great Pyramid in Egypt, I was given permission to publish one of the pictures in the Keys of Enoch, which you of course read, but it's all in scientific language, or what I will call new spiritual scientific language, because it's based upon raising our consciousness to a higher level of vibration. Well, some will say, why do that? Well, is it biblical or not biblical? If you go back to the original Bible, in the book of Psalms, for example, you will see that there are instructions given to a person who reads the 150 Psalms to do it in an undertone or to do it in a vibratory sequence. Right. And so it's a clue that there's a Bible within the Bible of music and song. Yeah, so like the Psalms, that's what we've talked about, is been known or named the Shemosh Tehillim, right? It's really a very mag magical text uh, in a way be because you can protect yourselves. It's very loving. I know, you know, some of the verses in there are, are kind of harsh when it comes to the enemies and stuff, but really it's done a lot of magic in my life as far as protection, manifesting things, bringing love into my life. All this stuff, and it's like you know, the whole time uh, that I was going to Sunday school and church, I thought that this was just a text I needed to learn because it was the word of God. But little did I know, you know, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. This thing is an actual code source for creating, you know, a loving, wonderful reality in your life if you want it, you know. And the Hebrew people actually would read the Psalms over someone dying, so in a certain sense it's also like the Tibetan Book of the Dead. Yeah. But in the soul go on. And this is very important for our listeners to understand that one must protect one's mind when one opens into other dimensions, because there are, shall we say, other forces in the universe that would like the human race uh, simply to continue in continuous wars and acts of violence and not really prepare for the higher dimensional levels of creation. So this is the divine source speaking through the codes, which are now being studied deeply by scholars in Jerusalem, scholars that we've talked to, both Protestant and Catholic and Messianic Jewish uh, throughout the world, who realize that we're very close to those wonderful events that will disclose the coming of the B'nai Elohim, the sons 
of God as they are referred to in the prophetic section. And I have to say, we did write a, um, a commentary on an ancient book. It's a Coptic Gnostic book. This is early Christians in uh, Egypt, and it's called Pistis Sophia. If any oh, listeners yeah. really into what you're saying and what we're saying, it's an amazing book in addition to, of course, the Keys of Enoch. But what it, it talks about the Psalms, it actually goes through the Psalms and says, you know, you're not just fighting like the king next door, because some of the Psalms talk about that. You're actually fighting powers in high places. So it really takes the whole Psalm energy to another level and then shows that it's a way of literally transforming ourselves when we can work with, actually it uses McKizeldeck, which is a very popular term nowadays, but it's uh, McKizeldeck's both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and then also talks about, you know, the angels like Michael. Yes, it gives us a whole recipe for understanding how the early Christians, the Coptic Christians, had to understand that there were many forces that would keep humanity in a state of unconsciousness, a lower energy field rather than the one of, of the Christ nature, what we'll call the higher levels of the divine experience. So I commend you for your perseverance because this is our work, is to bring science and spirituality closer together, but do this correctly through uh, credentialed scientists, biblical scholars and archaeologists who are willing to go really to the Middle East and to work with the archival evidences of the lost text, and to see that, as it were, a better blueprint is being put together for the human race. And that blueprint is what we have a positive, higher path to take if we wish. We want to take the lower path of negativity, we will simply go with the way of, shall we say, the imbalance and the, the improper situations that we find in the news of violence, culture of violence. We are for the culture of peace. Shalom at shalom. Right. Yeah. For, well, here's here's the, the the problem that we run into with this, though. Like, you're right. I do believe science and spirituality are two sides of the same coin. And almost even on, like, you know, how the right brain speaks to spirituality and the left brain speaks to science. you got logic and art, etc. But I, um, here's, here's where we run into a problem. When you read the texts of the Bible or uh, even the Torah or whatever you're reading, the Quran... There's so many texts in there that speak of violence and things that, that just throw people off. And this is another thing that I have a problem with, too. It's like, how do we, how do we see past that? Or, I mean, are we really under the reign of some type of being or intelligence that's like, that can get that way towards us? You, you understand what I'm saying? I'm sure you've been presented with this before where you say, look, guys, I understand this is magical and it's wonderful and it'll help you ascend into a higher consciousness. But what about what it's saying in these texts about all of the, you know, the murders and wars and all of these different things in Leviticus that we got to do and burning witches and stuff like that? What do you guys say to that when people question you, question those things? Well, first of all, Dr. Herchak, actually shortly after his experience in 1973, pretty much has re-kind of translated the Bible. Not, I mean, he's used every word of the Bible in that sense, but put it on a higher level. So that, you can find that through our website, keysofenoch.org, or also something called A as an Apple, AFFSUSA.org. You can find it through Keys of Enoch. But with that said, and yes, many people have asked us this, we would have to say we have to look at where we're living right now. And there is wars, and there is violence. Where is that coming from, going back to the Vista Sophia? It's actually coming from some of the, what we would call the local hierarchies. Uh, these are the energies around this planet 
we believe that around this planet there are very positive energies, energies we would identify connected with the higher beings of light, the angelic messengers, the Christ, all those energies. And then there's those that want to, what Pisces calls self-will. And the struggle upon this planet is really between those who want to work in the collective wholeness of oneness or those who are into self-will. And it's really a growing pains in a certain sense with an evolutionary system. We believe we're in a schoolhouse um, connected with Earth. And really, it's part of our evolution to grow out of this violence, to grow into that collective oneness. And sometimes it takes uh, really a struggle to do that. So the Bible or the Torah or the Tanakh, as we would refer to it, the, the scriptures have many levels of meaning. And you can look carefully at the... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Meanings uh, by the great biblical scholars and the great commentaries that have come down through history. The majority would say... The Bible is a blueprint of spiritual evolution. So we can see on the, on the more basic levels the reality of culture history where people are praying with the name of God to justify their war scenarios. But if you go to higher levels of psychology and spiritual wisdom, you'll see that the God of creation is honoring his people through divine intervention, is providing solace and deep hope for those who misread the gods who have been, shall we say, conquered by the the traditional movements of spirituality. So in the Bible, you find many levels of spirituality, even, shall we say, the mischievous misuse of God's name. And so there are those scenarios that one has to work through in order to find the true God, the Most High, who gives out of compassion the Christ to, to humanity. Thus, in the New Testament, one finds where the personal dynamic of God's relationship in Christ that overcomes the shortcomings that one sees in the war gods of Baal or the, the, the war psychology of many of the false leaders in the Old Testament. So we've been able to work with the original languages, not only the Hebrew, but the Aramaic, Ugaritic, Akkadian. We've been able to study this, and clearly you can say that the scripture is a blueprint of seven different levels of spiritual teaching. And if you go to the highest levels, you have to go to the death experience of the misunderstanding of a God of dualism, a God that wants death and war, etc., to realize that it's the lower levels that one has to work through to find the loving God who presents the Christ, who presents the Psalms, who presents really the insights of Ecclesiastes to his people. Right. So the, the whole spectrum that's presented so we work through the false scenarios of the concept of God. Wow. And you know, find revelation. It's so synchronistic that you say the insights of Ecclesiastes. Right, because we we just got through talking about that. 
You know, I was on Clyde Lewis's show. Uh, we were talking about uh, the assassination of Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy and how there's a lot of the same names that are happening. And then last night uh, we had a discussion about it as well. And it's like, um, you know how in that book it says there's nothing new under the sun, right? You know, to enjoy your life, all is vanity. Just enjoy your life, love the fruits of your labor and this kind of thing. Um, do you believe that there is the same kind of energies and stories that just keep permeating over and over and over again, like on a scientific level? Well, God didn't write one book and go out of business. His revelation continues. One of my favorite scriptures is Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3. Just think of the three threes, where he writes, Call upon me and I shall answer you, and readily tell you about great and incomprehensible things that you have not known which means even in Jeremiah, even in certain sections of the Old Testament, you will find a reference to hidden knowledge that will be further revealed in the New Testament, which is to say the New Testament is hidden in the Old Testament, the Old Testament is revealed in the New Testament, and both are recapitulated in the keys of Enoch that show a higher language of restoration that comes to calling upon God's holy name with music and glory. And I just want to say that some of this is also seen in the mathematics. You said about things repeating themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's various ways of looking at that. Some of it is in numerical fashion. Some of it is in historic fashion, like, you know, for the last 6,000 years there's been war in the Middle East. Is there a type of energy? We believe that the Middle East, and actually the Keys of Enoch talk about this, and the Himalaya area are like two major vortex points on the planet and that anytime there's a vortex which is kind of like an, a portal there's energies trying to control that portal so there's things going on like that on the planet and in addition to that the keys of Enoch talk about for example the book of numbers where you have the t numbers of the 12 tribes so like Reuben had like 46,500 people and Dr. Jack took that this is what he saw. It's a mathematical uh, grid system, and he unfolded that around the earth, starting with Egypt, and every single one of those places that a tribe sits at because of the mathematics really is another uh, sacred grid point on the planet. Well, there's been contact with higher intelligence down through the century. Including Yanaguni in Japan, which is a place that looks like underwater structures. Temples. And Homo uh, Florentius, which is the little hobbit people. That's all on the same line. And you can go around the whole globe. In fact, we've done that in our last uh, anniversary special, which is on our website. So in a verbal, uh, even a graphic way. So uh, there's a whole mathematics. And, and in addition to the keys of Enoch, there were 64 keys, and uh, 54 in the original, the Book of Knowledge, the Keys of Enoch, we recommend to anyone there. But also there's now starting to be another 10 keys. He always had these, but he was told to wait to put this out. 40 years. And the, yeah, 40 years later. And then um, what the last key was about is the whole fact that really our whole three-dimensional, fourth-dimensional structure is really probably in a reflection we could say, of an eight-dimensional structure. This ties into Elizabeth Rauscher. She's always talked about eight space. and that The a mathematician who understands how physics comes together in the eighth dimension. And we even believe more. So in other words, we're not just working on this third-dimensional reality. We're connected with other dimensional realities, and it's all through mathematics. But more importantly than mathematics, also consciousness. So for those of you who are engineers or interested in heavy stuff, Go to uh, uh, the internet under Elizabeth Rauscher and my name, Dr. Hurtock, and you'll find some of our posted articles on the highest levels of mathematics and physics. For those interested in music, go to the Keys of Enoch, 
We've got 30 albums by some of the great composers in the world in modern times. And those interested in history, archaeology, and things that you talk about, see our library that includes the Mind Dynamics book with Elizabeth Rauscher, the Pistis Sophia book of the ancient Coptic text that Desiree and I translated from the Coptic and the Greek, or what is known as the new book now, Giza's, G-I-Z-A, Giza's Industrial Complex, that deals with things that we found in Egypt under the sand. Maybe we can talk more about all this in our next sequence. Right, yeah, you're good, because... I'm getting so locked into this, I almost forgot about my break. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this is really interesting stuff, and it does add a lot of things together here. If you guys got any questions, too, you can call in at 1-800-588-0335. You can also text into the program or join us in the Fringe FM chat. We're here with Dr. JJ and Desiree Hurtock. not very good with our health regiment until it's too late. We don't put oil in the car until the engine blows up. When the body's out of balance, your health is not so good. Give your body some love. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Try our Life Change Tea, which cleanses you from harmful intruders. A clean colon is one of the ways to bring the body in balance. We also carry organic supplements to help you get where you need to go. So do your body a favor. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. You can even visit our sales page to save some dough. Uh, does anybody call money dough anymore? Anyway, if you're looking for short, helpful health tips, go to YouTube and punch in Health Matters Now. That's Health Matters Now. So log on to GetTheTea.com, shop, get balanced, then learn some cool tips at Health Matters Now. You'll be glad you did. That's GetTheTea.com. I'm Ryan Gable, and I want to remind you to keep your radio, phone, tablet, or computer tuned to The Fringe FM. And visit the website, TheFringe.FM, to listen to the entire lineup of shows. You can also catch my broadcast, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, beginning at 12 a.m. midnight U.S. Pacific Time, right here on The Fringe FM. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. This is Reverend John M. Polk. Please visit me at johnpolkmedia.com and visit my show, Quantum Hologram Matrix, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, every Tuesday on thefringe.fm. Hey, Fringe FM listeners, did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or no Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the Fringe FM by calling 701-719-3971. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 701-719-3971. That's 701-719-3971. Listen to the Fringe FM on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
is that a new music app? Yeah, check it out. Surfer Music Discovery. It links to thousands of online stations, but the twist is you see the song names and artists that are now playing live. That's different. No guessing. Looks like a waterfall of music. So many formats. Rock, oldies, country, R&B, jazz, and a whole lot more. How's that spelled? Surfer. S-U-R-F-R. Is it expensive? It's free. No need to sign up or sign in. Get the Surfer Music app free from Google Play or the App Store. You can tug all day long on a carpet that's been glued to the floor. Then you hurt. There are many strong glues out there. Let's see. There's liquid nails and Gorilla Glue. You ever try to remove 3M5200? That adhesive is strong. Then there's bathroom caulk, silicone rubber, adhesive tape, super glue, flex tape, and stickers. Graffiti. Scientists have come up with glues that stay stuck and can't be removed. Until now. Until Handyman Formula by DeBond. That's right. 95% of adhesives become unstuck when you spray Handyman Formula directly on them. Just spray, wait a few minutes, and remove. It's amazing. Most adhesives become unstuck when you use Handyman Formula. Visit DeBondCorporation.com or MCMaster.com. Call 561-575-4200. This stuff really works. Handyman Formula by DeBond, a great Christmas gift. Hola, French listeners. This is Dave Cruz of Beyond the Strange, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. To call Joe, pick up the phone, dial 1-800-588-0335, toll free from the United States or Canada. You're listening to Lighting the Void Radio. This has definitely been a fascinating conversation for me and hopefully for you. Dr. JJ and Desiree Hurtock is our guest tonight. Tomorrow night on the program, PMH Atwater will be with us. And we'll be talking about, obviously, with her, the life after death experience. There's something in here that you guys go to. Also, make sure you go to keysofenoch.org and uh, futurescience.org keysofenoch.org and futurescience.org are the websites tonight for reference if you go to the website there's a section in there where you talk about the book of knowledge the keys of Enoch was the first book to point out the alignment between the great pyramid and the constellation of Orion and it was also the first book to show the direct relationship between DNA coding and the divine name so the keys Describe the divine genetic code within the human body that will prepare humankind for new vistas of life within the surrounding higher evolution. This is some interesting stuff. So it's not just a, what you're saying is it's this name, these keys. It's not just a, a magical thing. That There's a scientific code to our DNA and genetics and, and in reality within this, correct? That's right. Uh, to make a long story short, we were in touch with a noted geneticist uh, in the University of California system, University of California, Santa Cruz, and he was talking about ribosomes. Desiree, you could explain. Well, no, he just said, looking at the ribosomes, he said that there's no way that our evolutionary system, which is for about 4.2 billion years, could have evolved the ribosome creation system in our uh, bodies. It's too complex and too unique. We feel really that the whole coding system, that we really come from a light essence code, as I was talking about other dimensional realities, 
And if you go back to the Bible, this is what people don't get. You know, when Adam fell, he basically was a light body. And so he had all the whole aspects of what we would imagine as a light being. And then when they fell, they took on or they ate of this reality. So they took on material dimension and garments of skin. So, you know, it's not like the skin, it's turning the tree of life upside down. We often say that. So it's not like, you know, we came from the ooze of the earth, that we came from the bacteria, eventually evolved into this, eventually evolved into animals, and then there was some sort of split and we came here. That's not how we see it at all, because you wouldn't have the myriads of other intelligences on higher levels. In fact, we don't even think we're the only Adamic species in the universe. We think, and we know from other people who have had contact, a very good friend of ours, Elizabeth Clark, she had contact with beings that lived on the nearest star or in one of the planets, of course, Alpha Centauri, when she had her experience in the 50s and wrote about it in the 70s, they didn't even know that that was the nearest star. But the aliens knew it was the nearest star, so they were already telling us that. So, I mean, you know, and they look just like us. So, you know, where do we come from? Not from this planet only. So a lot of this is going to be coming out in government disclosure, which means the governments of the world are now quietly telling the people, be prepared, we have good evidence over many 75 years plus of investigation that there are thousands and thousands and thousands of documents that show that one, we're not alone, two, cosmic intelligence is interested in its survival, and three, some of that cosmic intelligence shares the same divine image that we have. They look like us, they're Adamic, they share the image of Christ and, and Adam in the sense of a, a spiritual evolution as opposed to a physical evolution from up, down, as opposed to down, up, and they are bringing us messages of glory that the Apostle Paul refers to discreetly in the New Testament to Corinthian correspondence when he speaks of being taken to the third heaven. The first heaven it would be for the mischievous, extraterrestrials. The second heaven is those that are the ultra-celestials, or the extra-celestials, though they are in the spiritual bodies of light beyond the physical technology. And the third level would be the angelic, where you see the family of God or the angelic that vibrate the divine names of God because the great apostle tells us he heard names that were not permitted to be used on earth, which means in linguistic knowledge he heard the names of God in the full glory. And of course there are other intelligences roaming around the universe, you know, reptilians, greys, that many people have seen uh, in their own contact experiences. But I think more uniquely than that, you can imagine some sort of little green man being on another planet but, you know, us being on another planet, I think that really turns everything a little bit upside down. And we actually, the Keys of Enoch, even from the very beginning, does not believe that we came from a, like a hybridization of some local guys that came by and decided to make us. Uh, the Keys of Enoch always said we came from a light essence, and that is really what's there in Genesis. We were light beings that, you know, fell into this reality. We were supposed to be caretakers of the trees, but we got too involved, if one wanted to say. And the Fist of Sophia asked the question, you know, was it a mistake that we made, or were we supposed to be here to help humanity, to help transform this entire reality? If we're part of an evolutionary system, our consciousness being here now can help to evolve the system if we move into the light energies. So the answer to the question is the second one, Desiree just said. We are here because our planet is Schoolhouse Mother Earth. This is a preparation we're all making for a greater life experience. And I had a taste of honey. I had a taste of the divine for a few hours, so to speak, actually two days, 
very short period of time and human reference, but it was through the divine name that manifested the angelic experience. And so I just say this to the audience that was listening to the program, be very sincere and devoted to the names that were used by the Hebrew scholars and the early Christian scholars because they were the names that produced the, the Shekinah, the divine presence, the Holy Spirit, and the great miracles that then, unfortunately, in most parts of the world dissipated when people turned away from the living vibration of God's name to simply written theological texts. But also turned away from the understanding that we have a connection. And I think that's the big thing is, you know, you ask many people on the planet, uh, maybe not in the middle, middle West so much, but in other places, that, you know, they don't believe there's much more than, you know, this, you know, 80 years or 90 years of reality. Uh, some people are starting to understand extraterrestrials. They don't even think other uh, realities of angels are real. But, you know, those that do open themselves up to having some connection. And I think that's the important thing. We have to believe and know these experiences are possible. When you use the divine names, if you were kind of saying, oh, you know, they're telling me to do this, but I don't really believe anything's going to happen, you wouldn't have gotten anywhere. So you have to have at least a little bit of faith or belief in the fact of other realities. So this is a whole new science of the cosmic frontier. We call it the understanding of exobiology, other life systems that share the divine image. Some would call it extraterrestrial science, the science of those who are visiting the planet according to many of the government documents now being disclosed. So others would come coming, uh, would think of this as the coming of the Christ. We think of it as the second coming of science and the second coming of Christ, which is both the spiritual and the scientific together. Wow, that is so much. That that is so much great information on all of this. That I I, I got to tell you, this week has been fantastic for me. It's every guest I've had, and it just gets better than the next as far as validating what I've studied. Here's the thing that I really am very curious about. You hear people talk about the Elohim, right? You guys brought this up earlier. And, you know, in the beginning, if you look at uh, the Hebrew text, it says uh, the Elohim created uh, the heavens and the earth, which is like a plural form. Uh, and people say, well, that means gods and goddesses, and it means other things, right? And then I've even seen images online of the Elohim, which they say are different angels. And in the Rosicrucian system, they have names for each Elohim, which is like a, a different name of God, like Shaddai, Eltai, and all this other stuff, right? What? What? do you guys think the Elohim is based on your studies, research, and your experiences? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Well, and this is part of our cosmology. I think. Well, first of all, the name Elohim is used over three thousand six hundred times in the Old and New Testaments. Okay. But we would also say that you know what the Keys of Enoch really offers is a cosmology of who we are in the heavens. And uh, going back to some of the Kabbalistic information that you've studied, which is the mystical Hebrews, right? Uh -huh. There's the Ein Sof. And that would be the limitless. That's without any separation. There's the, the whole oneness. But then as things manifest, then it manifests through the divine fathers, one would say, which is the power of yod heh vod but not by itself, but with its uh, 12 permutations. And if you want to divide it into just the three letters, it's 64 permutations. So it divides into that. And then with the power of the Elohim, which is the creative force of the divine. Now, why is it plural? That's been asked for thousands of years. We, why, why Elohim as opposed to Eloha? Yeah, Eloha like uh, the Hawaiians, actually. It's a singular. But anyway, the idea is that there's not just one creation. So you have this creative power of the divine that goes out into many, many, many ways and forms and aspects. So you would never have a singular power of creation, you have a vast pluralistic power of creation. And once that energy goes out, then it creates even what's called in Kabbalah as well, and the Keys of Enoch, the B'nai Elohim, which are the sons of God the, in the local levels. And those are the ones that are like creating some of the, the, playing around with the DNA structures. And you know, if you went and say, I mentioned reptilians, for example, you know, you wouldn't find them reinventing the wheel. You'd probably find, and we have in space, found adenine and guanine, which is the basis of our DNA. They just would have a different, you know, arrangement and maybe certain types of uh, hydrogen uh, bonds that are a little bit differently arranged than we, but they're still using probably the same elements of life. So this is connected with what we would call the B'nai Elohim. So to answer your question directly, the Elohim represents the Godhead, the pluralistic aspects of God and the archangelic realm working together. And the names of God are used in different ways throughout the scriptures to show the degrees of excellence and different operations of glory. In the New Testament, of course, the Gospels were originally written in Hebrew, Aramaic, and so the reference to Elohim is also now being admitted by Christian scholars. But I'll tell you, one thing that the ancient book of Enoch, now we're talking about the Keys of Enoch, which was written by my husband in the 70s, but the ancient book of Enoch actually also talks in Genesis 6, and they're really talking about this B'nai Elohim, not the original Elohim. And it said, and I'll just read Genesis 6.1, and it came about when the men started to grow in numbers on the surface of the ground and daughters were born to them that the B'nai Elohim began to notice the daughters, that they were good looking and they took wives. And then what happened with this is basically they created giants because they basically interbred with our species. This is right in the Bible. Most people ignore that, don't have a clue what they're talking about. But they interbred with our species. Now, what happens, so you corrupted the Adamic species on this planet, and when you go back now to the Book of Enoch, the original Book of Enoch, which is from Ethiopia, it's like over 2,000 years old, um, they said the flood came to wipe out that corruption of species to get us back to the original Adamic form. And since that time, we believe from uh, the information Dr. Hertak had uh, seen that we've been in a quarantine state 
being protected from this ever happening again until a certain time. And right now we're at the time when things are starting to open up again. So we have to have the information to know how to deal with other levels of intelligence so that may is, be coming to our planet. This is the update. This is the reason we're talking to you, is we're now living in a time when these experiments are beginning again with the negative extraterrestrials interfering with the human genetic code. This was researched by two of my colleagues, one John Mack of Harvard University and Bud Hopkins, who was uh, a very skillful researcher and artist who was be also behind a two-part television series uh, the called The Intruders. This was about uh, 25 years ago. In essence, the bottom line is this. The Bible is repeating itself on a higher cosmic level. We're seeing the return of not only one different type of extraterrestrial intelligence, several types, some honoring us, some dishonoring us. And so we have to understand that there's a higher genetic code in the scriptures that's repeated by the church fathers as well as the ancient sages and patriarchs that we should turn to the Most High and realize the divine image, the first lesson in scripture. We were created in the divine image. Otherwise, we lose our way in this cosmic soup. One person saying one thing, another scientist saying another. Though the scriptures have the inner wisdom, it properly understood gives us the spiritual identity that we need in order to go through this potsum and jetsum or this shall we say, this craze of pseudoscience that is saying that everything is going to be a positive outcome. We say no. Historically, there have been situations where only a small percentage of humans have survived. So we have to have discernment, but what the Keys of Enoch, uh, what Dr. Jack um, experienced in the 70s was the fact that all this information is coming out now, and I think that's part of your work, Joe, as well, is to bring this information to the public so that we're not, you know, the people that we're not the natives that when Christopher Columbus coming over, not even understanding what's going on. We are to be made aware of who we are, why we're here, and our connection with life in the universe. And that's what's happening right now. And I think we're all part of that. Wow. So does this kind of line up at all with what Zachariah Stitchin talked about? Or what do you think about his teachings and his works? Well, I lectured with Zachariah Stitchin at several international conferences many years ago. He was a, a, a seriologist. He understood the Sumerian text. He was an expert in so many areas. But he thought that the God of the Old Testament, the Hebrew God we call Yahweh, or Yahweh, or the variations of that name in different languages, represented simply a God of a space uh, a colony or a space civilization. We feel that the divine is not limited in the way that he describes it anthropomorphically. Yeah, and he did feel, of course, there he started some of the idea of the Nephilim that uh, they came and uh, had, you know, fun with our genetic code. Well, that did happen, but that wasn't the origin of our code, and I think that's what's really important. He was not a biblical scholar. He was a seriologist. He was an orientalist, but he was not a scholar of the actual Hebrew names and the great deeper meanings or nuances of these ancient terms. This is where our research comes into play, and that's why we're scholars and scientists working with both the scientific traditions and the new scientific discoveries, as well as the old spiritual tradition and the new spiritual validations. It is clear by our work in the Middle East that new texts are being found, ancient texts, that is, in a new text uh, or a new alignment of knowledge that shows there was a much greater cosmology and understanding by many of the writers, for example, in ancient Syria and the Holy Land. So earlier you brought up the reference. Earlier you brought up a lot of the Gnostic stuff, Coptic uh, teachings, and the Pistosophia, which is something I've really looked into as well. 
this whole idea of, uh, I guess, ascension, some people call it. Uh, I call it alchemy. Other people call it different things. Does this go into what you guys are studying as well? The idea of, well, let me just ask you this, because this will make it simpler. What do you believe is the philosopher's stone or perhaps the white stone in Revelations where we get a new name? What are your thoughts on that? Well, this is a reference by John the Divine. This is the stone often thought of as the inner mind being blessed by a higher sense of self-realization, of revelation directly from the Christ figure in the context of John the Divine. The white stone is that information implanted within the human mind from a divine source as opposed to a, just a mundane stone or an object found on the surface of Mother Earth. What we want to emphasize, though, in our studies of Gnosticism, there is Gnostic teachings, which means uh, that of higher knowledge, that were consistent with the Old and New Testament, as opposed to heretical Gnosticism, that uh, dealt with some of the Greek philosophers and speculation systems that denied the role of the female, that denied the role of the just God, etc., etc. So we make a clear distinction. The Gnosticism is simply a term that was used to imply those who sought knowledge rather than divine experience. Yeah, and they were usually the mystics. I want to go back to the idea of a new name. Uh, this is something we've talked about many times. It seems that like when we change our vibration, we're actually changing, you know, the name of who we are. So if someone's called, you know, Robert, and then all of a sudden, you know, he has this kind of profound experience. Oftentimes, the, even the people of the Far East, they would, or the Indian uh, Sanskrit tradition, they give you a new name like Sundar or something like that because it's a change of consciousness. So all of us, when we kind of go back into a higher light garment, will have, we'll know who we are here, but we also will have that higher vibratory system changed to something greater. So and I think this is understood by many of the ancients that we have to start realizing that there's other vibratory frequencies that we can exist on, we can tap into. And the Pits of Sophia, for example, was supposedly written after Jesus had ascended. And then it was the wisdom he came back and told his disciples. And when he did, he talked about the whole heavenly realms, you know, what's out there. Most people don't talk about that. I mean, you get a few things in the Bible. Most people think there's, you know, God, Jesus, and the underworld, and that's it, maybe with a few angels around there. But, you know, we're talking about myriads of intelligences on different levels. So there's all these cosmologies that we have to start growing into. I think that's really important. And when we do, we start changing who we are. We start changing into getting back into the light garment that we once had. So the Greek word for stone that you're referring to is Petra. In the confession of faith that is made by Peter to Christ uh, also indicates his name that was changed to Peter or Petra, meaning the stone of faith. We are also uh, given a reference in the first and second books of Peter in the New Testament that we are to be basically sacred stones or rocks, a holy priesthood. Uh, this is uh, very important in the second book of First Peter. It's an illustration, basically, of a sacred geometry that we are part of through the divine name and within our mind that is expanded. And we've also talked about the Urim and Tumim and the stones around the, um, the heavenly Jerusalem. I mean, all those frequency vibrations are part and parcel of creation, and uh, we're putting all those pieces together. You know, most people look at it as the emerald, the ruby, the sapphire, but how about bringing that all together and seeing them as activating 
the, the crystalline geometries with our own system. I'm reading from Second uh, Book of First Peter, chapter two, verse uh, four and five, where he writes, "You yourselves are also a living living stones." Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Being built up to a spiritual house for the purpose of the holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So the metaphor of the stone is a reference really to a different level of spiritual knowledge and revelation that will come at the end of time, according to John the Divine, where suddenly we realize we have a Christ that's over self. We have this higher Petra mine of Christ, founded on the rock of the Christ revelation that allows us to see divine science and spiritual knowledge converge in unique and vibratory ways. Wow, this is incredible. This is incredible stuff, y'all. Come on. I mean, like, you guys have been, how how many years have you guys been doing this research? If you put everything together, how long have y'all been doing this actually, research? Yeah, it's not based on research. That's what's unique. Uh, actually, in 1973, for two days, as Dr. Jack mentioned, in January 2nd and 3rd, he had a unique experience where he literally was kind of taken into another reality. His physical body actually left the planet. So he saw these other realities. And what's interesting, and that's where he got, you know, the pyramid was aligned to Orion. He even, in the Keys of Enoch, one of the things it says is that our sun is a variable star. He says it word for word, and around the year 2000, NASA Goddard, came out with the exact same line. Our sun is a variable star. What it means is that they used to think it would go through solar max and solar minimums with these solar flares, and then they realized, no, it's not so consistent, that it's variable. So they call it, it's now classified as a variable star, our sun. So, Joe, I want to ask you, do you have a copy of the Keys of Enoch here in your office or in your studio? I do not. I do not. I apologize. When you get home or when you have an opportunity, look at the Keys of Enoch, and you'll see the first picture shows a floating pyramid uh, with the scroll of Esther over the earth. It's an, uh, kind of an obtuse or obscure reference to a sacred geometry that the capstone or the stone has a connection with the plan of the Trinity, which is manifested through the sons of God, the B'nai Elohim that we just talked about. And we know that only less than a year ago, December 19th, 9th, 2018, over Washington, D.C., over the Pentagon, the United States, this pyramidal object appeared massive. That was seen by three different or four different teams of researchers. Well, three teams and four different people, two were together. They actually captured this on film of 
a tetrahedron spinning at four in the morning over the Pentagon. It's similar to what was seen in 2009 over Moscow. And this is what I wrote about in 1973, and I was told, under divine inspiration, through God's divine grace, to put in writing and also in pictorial form this living capstone over the earth that would represent the return of the Christ, the second coming of Christ as the capstone, which is the highest stone upon all of the sacred stones, representing the different temples and the different places of knowledge of Mother Earth. So yep. the return, or the cosmic vision, of the divine hierarchy, in Hebrew, the B'nai Elohim, is now taking place. Whether you want to recognize it or not, government disclosure will give us more information, I believe, to fill in the pieces. And this is a collective return. It's, it's an awakening, literally, to other realms of intelligence that will be uh, in contact with us on all levels, from the Christ vibration to other levels. So I think it's also getting close to your break time. No, yeah. Yeah, so um, I was. we'll get to your questions. i got a few texting questions here as well as a couple in chat, too. And we're here with uh, Dr. J.J. and Desiree Hurtock. You guys stay with us. We'll be right back after these short messages. Listening to the Fringe FM. Thanks for listening to this broadcast. Need another late night fix? You can tune in every weeknight to Lighting the Void with Joe Roop on the Fringe FM. Hi, this is David Oman with House at the End of the Drive.com. You're listening to KTLK. My name is Jake. I'm from Billings, Montana, and I am a Void Walker. Hey, Joe Root. Thanks for lighting the void. This is Janine in the bluegrass of Kentucky, and I am a Void Walker. What's up, guys? This is Damien from San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a Void Walker. I listen to the show to keep myself aligned with the world. Hi, this is Laura, a.k.a. Laura Lavender. I'm from Las Vegas, and I listen to Lighting the Void because it helps me understand some of the strangest experiences I've had. So thanks for all that you do and for always being there for us, Joe. I like to listen to Lighting the Void because of the guests, the content, and the host, Joe Roo. He's smart, he's intelligent, and he seems to ask the questions that we all have on our mind. We're all searching for the truth, and Joe helps us get closer to it. I love this show. I love this show. I love this show. Lighting the Void. What's up, Joe? Hey, man, I just wanted to say your show, dude, keeps getting better and better and better. I love Lighting the Void and the Fringe FM.
Hi, this is Aaron Hunter, host of Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast where we tell real paranormal experiences of people from around the world. And we also conduct interviews with authors, investigators, psychics, and mediums. Real people, real stories, real fear. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern on The Fringe FM. See you then. Hey, this check is wrong. I worked a holiday and seven hours of overtime. Not getting paid correctly is a real pain. It could also hurt our boss if our company provides out-of-compliance checks. That's right. Construction companies doing business with the government can get fined, or officials of the companies can go to jail if the checks aren't right. It's a law. The Davis-Bacon Act has 30 compliance issues for every check, but there is an easy way for construction companies to be in compliance. EMARS offers Compliant Client, a web-based system that finds and corrects all 30 of the possible out-of-compliance check issues. Users of Compliant Client report an 80% savings in time and money. Running a weekly payroll usually takes about five minutes. All 15,000-plus clients of EMARS have never had a legal compliance issue. Plus, they sleep better on check day. Contact EMARS at emarsinc.com or call 480-595-0466. The Fringe FM isn't just a radio station. We also provide services for all your audio production needs. If you are interested in live radio or pre-recorded podcasts, we're here to help. We even do audio enhancements and voiceovers if needed. If you want to do a podcast or live radio show and even want the option to syndicate on terrestrial radio from simple audio file enhancement to live production and call screening, we have you covered. We have worked with some of the best professionals in the business in order to provide coaching instruction for content creation, show structure, and more. Contact The Fringe Digital Media for more at info at thefringe.fm. That's info at thefringe.fm. Or call 501-777-5631 for a consultation. the truth are ufos real are aliens visiting earth are governments around the world hiding the biggest secret in history we're ufo seekers official partner of the fringe fm and we're on a hunt for the truth join us as we investigate locations like area 51 by subscribing on youtube at youtube.com slash ufo seekers Hey, Fringe FM listeners, did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or no Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the Fringe FM by calling 701-719-3971. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 701-719-3971. That's 701-719-3971. Listen to the Fringe FM on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. You're listening to Lighting the Void. The call-in number is 1-800-588-0335.
Welcome back to Lighting the Void. I'm your host, Joe Roop. Don't forget the show is here for you five nights a week. If you can, please support us by going to lightingthevoid.com. Hit that donate button or grab some swag or go to thefriends.fm. You can donate there as well or use the Amazon portal. Tonight, our guest, Dr. JJ and Desiree Hurtock, for the first time here on Lighting the Void, and we've been discussing all of their material, actually. Uh, the Keys of Enoch, their website, the keys of e- or keysofenoch.org, as well as futurescience.org. I hope you're hitting those websites for reference tonight. Then I want to get into some of these questions. Uh, the first one is in on the text line here. And it's asking, it says, speaking of Gnostic scriptures and deeper metaphorical interpretations, what, uh, according to you guys, is the interpretation of the forbidden fruit or the fall of Adam? Well, it's very clear that in the Barashith Barah, the book of Genesis as we know it, one of the temptations that uh, was given to Adam as a lesson was to turn away from the false fruit of knowledge. This was clearly seen as the apple uh, we would call dualistic knowledge from the lower tree as opposed to the living tree of knowledge. Yeah, and basically it was the tree of good and evil, if, if people remember their Bible somewhat. And the idea of that is really we live in a world of duality. And so we really have choices that we have to make on a regular basis because we fell into this reality. And so we have to always choose between good and evil. Almost every moment of our life, in a certain sense, we're choosing some direction to go in a positive way or go in a negative way. So God's word is like the tree of life, the Etzkaim, according to Isaiah the prophet. We can take the upper branches of knowledge or we can simply take the higher knowledge and debase it into dualism of, of one side versus the other ad infinitum. God's love and grace bring true science and true spirituality together. God doesn't contradict himself. The true living God reveals his love and mercy through all of the lessons of life that we must see which is why the scriptures are so uh, basically true, because they give all of the psychological situations, no matter how despicable, that we have to work through in order to find God's loving nature and his true message of forgiveness. And I know that we've been biblically orientated tonight, and we do talk about science and other things. I want to bring in the idea of even the Buddhist idea of to go beyond this duality that we live in, because it's the same thing. They're trying to find ways to go beyond. You know, one day you're feeling great, the next day you're, you know, you're feeling bad, one day you have lots of money, the next day you have no money. I mean, it's amazing how this happens to us, and it happens to everybody. So what do you do? How do you get beyond this, like, good, bad, plus, minus duality system that you're living in? And this is, we say you have to find the Trinity balance. So what you do is you actually connect with your higher self or with whatever connection to other realities that you feel you're a part of, and that gives you the insight on how to deal. In fact, sometimes it even gives you the foresight. And uh, this is some of the work we talked about earlier in the program with Russell Tard. One of the things he did, for example, he was doing the remote viewing research, but he also did a prediction on the silver market, which is like the stock market only for silver. And he could tell what was going to happen three or four days from then using remote viewers. So, you know, how do you predict the future? Well, that's a whole other conversation. But the idea is that you can have insights, and I think some of your listeners have and probably you yourself have had insights into maybe things happening to you in the future. So this gives you that, that higher understanding of how you to live your life and maybe even be aware and protect yourself from dangers, even as basic as car accidents. Wow. So the many levels here of knowledge, 
and science that we're involved with. Again, we work with those who are credentialed scientists and scholars who look at all of the levels of meaning in the context of culture history, in terms of linguistics, in terms of music, art, and science. And we're looking at the big picture. The human race has now this opportunity for ascension. We will believe to understand the divine endowments that are promised to us if we may maintain, as it were, a higher path of experience. This... as opposed to those who are preoccupied with negativity and the downward spiral of material society. So what we really feel is going on right now is, of course, some people are caught in the downward spiral of negativity, as Dr. Jack just said, but we also feel that many people are starting to get sensitized to other possibilities in life, and whether it's just positive thought or kind of foreseeing a little bit of what's happening in their lives. So they're kind of tuning in. They're linking up, one could say, in a very you know, practical level, to having these insights that they're starting to use, that's telling them certain directions to go. And I think this, people have to feel comfortable with this. That Let me give an example. One of our colleagues is Reverend Tom Winder, who was in the Holy Land, and before that in the country of Jordan, who found with his colleagues Sodom and Gomorrah on the Jordanian side of the Dead Sea, and we have had the opportunity to work with archaeologists in Egypt underneath the Great Pyramids using the divine names of God, the ancient Hebrew, Aramaic names. We've had wonderful experiences of finding certain artifacts and certain areas that confirm biblical history that for all intents and purposes were lost and thought to be purely mythological. So we're bringing science and investigation through archaeology and geology into proper focus. What kinds of experiences have you guys had? Because uh, you've been to Egypt quite a bit. Can you tell me about something that's happened to you there? I can. Uh, you guys have told me during the break, but you didn't really get too detailed. And I'd like to, if you don't mind, share with us some experiences that you've had uh, with your spiritual practices inside, maybe inside the pyramids or in Egypt. Something that can tell us that, yeah, there's something there that we could tap into as well, given the right circumstances. Right. Well, we actually were able to do sound testing both with computers uh, using a, what's called a pink noise or a, pink, uh, a white noise sweep yeah. to find the frequencies uh, that, like the King's Chamber, resonates with. And, and doing so and using also sacred names, we had a singer with us uh, chanting. We were able to have really uh, an experience where this kind of light appears. Inside the, what we call the ascending... Chamber. chamber of the Great Pyramid, all of a sudden, at a certain point, the names of God that we echoed became so strong, the vibratory nature in the chamber itself lit up in golden light for a few seconds. Wow. Standing calmer waves of energy, which is to say like a spiral of energy, was seen moving up and down the chamber. So we were told this was the first time in thousands of years that the actual names of God, the Hashem, yod heh vod some prefer not to use the name, uh, but we were able to show that there was a certain connection between sacred geometry, sacred language, and certain uh, architectural resonance patterns. Right, so we have this actually on one of our CDs, not the picture, of course, but the sound frequencies, uh, which seems to be, for anyone who's into music, instead of having overtones in the king's chamber, you get actually undertones, which means you're probably getting frequencies down to the alpha and the theta waves 
So it's actually putting you into... So getting down to the theta and the delta wave. Okay, even lower, yes. So um, you can hear some of this. We have a CD called The Opening of the Great Pyramid. Pyramid. And uh, this, this particular CD, it's not really just entertainment music. Some of our other CDs are mainly entertainment music. This is actual sounds recorded in several of the chambers, including the King's Chamber of the Great Pyramid. And you can hear that vibration. It's very, very powerful. It's like you being there. So our work was instrumental in finding the ancient uh, tomb of Osiris. And back in 1999, Zahi Hawass, the great uh, Egyptian archaeologist spokesperson, had on the Fox News special the opening of the tomb of Osiris. We actually were there two years before him doing the initial research with sound testing using uh, sacred sounds and with also remote uh, viewing of underground objects. We were very careful. And now this work is coming out in several books. One is called The Giza's Industrial Complex, where we show the accuracy of our work and also the use of what is referred to obliquely in the New Testament, where Jesus says, even the stones will sing or speak. Hmm. We were able to show some certain connections there left behind by the children of Israel when they worked on the pyramids before the Exodus, that the sounds of the Hebrew language were very important not only in evoking the coming of the pillars of life, but also moving certain knowledge outside of Egypt as well as underground Egypt where it was placed in storage during the time of Joseph. So the premise of the book is very simple, actually. In uh, a 11th grader, 12th grader can actually, if they want to play with it, can make hydrogen energy. It's a very popular energy that all you need is water and solar energy. And we are proposing, you know, here you have the Great Pyramid. Really, people say you can build it, and you could try to put a stone upon a stone, but to try to put the structures inside, like what's called the air shafts, that go, you know, many, many, many feet straight, like Peter. an arrow, yeah, straight up, it's very, very difficult. Or even the five relieving chambers, we don't even, we barely have cranes, I don't even know, today maybe we do, but we didn't about 15, 20 years ago, that could move these huge blocks of stone. blocks of stone. Yeah, that's high. So, you know, basically, you know, people think, well, you know, how did they do that? They're always looking for the primitive. Uh, Nippon Corporation, this is on YouTube, one of our YouTube stations under Keys of Enoch, show that they could not do this with primitive tools. They could not use, you know, like a barge to go across the water. They couldn't cut the stones with just, you know, some sort of old uh, kind of hammer and sickle and saw and things like that. They had to use jackhammers. So, you know, we've already kind of shown that. It's very, very obvious. But bottom line on all this is that we're saying that they had a certain type of technology, and it could be as simple as hydrogen energy. And it actually, technically, if we would use hydrogen energy today, we would be much further along in terms of helping with climate change. Wow. Yeah, see, I've talked to other guests about that, too, that they tapped into these types of things. Look, here's where I'm trying to connect as well. Maybe you guys can help me with this. Like, I'm fascinated with two things, both, um, when it comes to history, and then we'll move into some more deep uh, metaphysics and stuff. But I'm just as fascinated with the Egyptian culture as I am the Hebrew. And the lines um, between those two are so blurry for all of us. Um, but it does seem like, like if you take Moses, for example, right, or or maybe even Joseph, it does seem like, there was some cross teaching there that they weren't exactly uh, 
enemies the way the scriptures make it out to be all the time. Can you expand on this at all? Uh, well, there have been findings in Egypt uh, with references to a being called Yusuf or Joseph, uh, which some modern archaeologists believe is a reference to Joseph, who was a, a consultant to the Pharaoh in the pre-Exodus period of time. We know, of course, uh, according to uh, Franz Dalich, who was a, a Jewish Christian scholar of the 19th century, many of the hymns we find, uh, or I should say psalms, we find in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, excuse me, were found in Egyptian hymns. Many of the, the psalms had a prototext in the Egyptian, according to uh, Franz uh, Dalich. And actually, uh, talking about the New Testament, in Acts chapter 7, verse 22, it says, Consequently, this is right in the Bible, uh, Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians. In fact, he was powerful in his words and deeds. So Moses knew the Egyptian language, Joseph knew the Egyptian language, and actually had the, the titles that were given to an Egyptian. So there are clear earmarks of other texts that were there, lost certainly on the sands of time that we feel are there in the pre-Exodus period that will show a much closer relationship that the Pharaoh had with the true God of Joseph, the God of Israel, and that there was a bridge between the cultures at one particular interval when great blessings were bestowed that are archived, yet to be found underneath the Giza Plateau. And we feel also that's why when, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, you know, he actually, his family took him to Egypt. That was like the, the first thing that they did. I don't even think they went back to Nazareth. They went like right on to Egypt. So there's really a connection. We consider this a, a key portal. So the Christ child was there as a witness to the great builders of the pyramids and the great Egyptian hierarchy of the lower gods, that there was a supreme God that had sent him on this mission to bear witness to these structures of the human face there in the Sphinx, that there was something beyond the animalistic tendencies, that there was a higher Adamic image that ultimately would be supreme. And In I, other words, to say the Lion of Judah was the Christ figure conquering the Sphinx. And I just have to say that if you read the Bible, you'll find that ultimately, even though there was conflict, obviously, between Moses and, and the Pharaoh when he left, uh, basically, it never says that e in the future that Egypt will be really at odds or completely at war with Israel. That they, you know that they, even though there have been battles and things like that, that Egypt will be one of the few countries in the area that would like refrain from being part of the whole negative course of affairs that people talk about at the end times. Wow. So there was definitely some type of. I mean, this this dynasty in Egypt lasted 3,000-something years, uh, according to our history, and according to you and several other people that I've talked to on this program say that the Egyptians created some type of, um, you know, really advanced energy system that was a different type of technology than we use now that was more, I guess, uh, efficient and more natural and more useful. When you talk, talk about energy systems, I want to talk about your new book, your Giza's Industrial Complex. What type of energy systems are we talking about? Are we just are we talking about water or hydro energy? Or are we talking about electricity? Now hydrogen, actually, and this uh, Toyota has a car called the Mirai, which is using similar technology. And uh, if we had right now, Stanford University, University of Stanford, has actually been able to take salt water out of you know the oceans. You just have to protect the, what's called the anodes and the cathodes. 
uh, from corrosion, and with sun, you can produce energy. So you can have a water engine. Yeah, it's a water engine. It really is not difficult. So Desiree and I found evidence, well, we were in Egypt, of saltwater batteries. We found evidence of water hydraulic systems. We found evidences of the splitting of the hydrogen atom. We found evidences of solar energy. All of the above were used for, um, for mailing and creating these massive structures. Yeah, we call it electrified water. There's also the idea of oxyhydrogen, which is Brown's gas. It's being uh, experimented with uh, quite a bit Again, today. Jeremiah the prophet speaks of science and wonders in Egypt. What is he referring to? Certainly these are more than just the pillars of life. This is a knowledge that was used by God's people that inspired them and also blessed the Egyptians when they were in alignment with the God we would call of the prophets and the patriarchs. And they could have used this not only for their own healing, uh, certainly by the priests. I wouldn't say that it ever went to the masses but also by helping the agriculture and ultimately even the waters of the Nile. This is what we're proposing in our book. But ultimately, you know, there was an advanced culture, advanced civilization there. Otherwise, you wouldn't get the pyramids that you see today. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, so many of the, the uh, lectures uh, that we've given have been critiqued in this book. Jesus Industrial Complex, you can get it through Amazon, you can get it through the Academy for Future yeah, Sciences, even go on, through our website. Even on ebooks. So yeah. it's a fantastic blueprint of underground Egypt and some of the things that we feel are obliquely referred to in the time that, that Joseph in the Old Testament period buried food underneath Egypt for the time of a great drought or great time. And I would also say that, uh, you know, as we mentioned, we do believe it's a vortex area. People always go, well, you know, where's the vortex point? Uh, basically, you can go all the way from Israel to Egypt and be one collective whole, which we feel it's not just like, you know, when you're standing on a, on a rock somewhere. It's the whole energy uh, place. And this is why, you know, there is conflict in the area, but also why great things have come from the area. So someone asked the question, why should you do this work? Well, we're credentialed scholars. Right. We studied with Egyptologists, we studied with biblical scholars, we spent more than 40 years studying the ancient languages. That's our profession, to see the deeper nuances and meanings that are there in the beauty and the poetry of the Old and New Testament, that there is a higher divine science, that it's not the same materialistic science we find in the modern world that denies the universality of God's word and its application to cosmic laws and design of our biological slash sociological experience of life. Yeah, I believe the, the text in was about, well, you're reinterpreting the Bible. Well, you got to look at it this way. The people that wrote the Bible, especially the King James Version that we got, uh, was interpreted. It's been interpreted in several ways, and still yet more interpretations down to the literal text versus what we should really be looking at is the parables and the deeper meanings of everything. Uh, even Manly P. Hall said the keys to the divine revelation or seven he talked about seven different interpretations of the biblical text now that's pretty incredible yeah, even, the, even the divine names themselves were taken out of the bible in some of the protestant translations they just use the word god well anything can be god to the average person in the street god can be a concept of a philosophy it could be the queen mary we're saying that the real names of god that were the uniqueness of the scripture were taken away in the centuries of translation and going back to the original text, one finds the Hashem, or the El Shaddai, the name of the Almighty God, or Atikyomim, in Aramaic, the, the, 
the uh, Ancient of Days to have a relevance of supreme majesty and beauty of the inner music and harmony that we are to sing and use. Even a few popes ago, the, he was suggesting, the Pope was suggesting, to remove the name of Jehovah even from the Bible, or as you mentioned, Jehovah Yote Vote, because he didn't want to insult any of the Jewish tradition. But we say, look, this is the Jewish people put the name in, they just won't say it. And they'll usually use a yod yod sometimes or say Hashem, which means the name, without saying it. Because it's, to them it's very holy, it's very relevant, and to be honest, it's very powerful. And uh, it shouldn't be used in the wrong contents, as many people would use today. But if you use it in a sacred context, that's why it was given. So, you know, basically we need to keep the names alive. We need to understand the names. And so we say to students of theology or biblical history or archaeology, uh, get acquainted with the book 72 Names of the Most High because we go into the deeper aspect of how the Hebrew Aramaic was used by the original writers. And this has been referenced and used in various seminaries throughout the world and is still being referenced and used by scholars in the Middle East. Fantastic. So our work has really been to keep open what we consider to be a very important journey that we're on as pilgrims of Mother Earth to realize that there is a path that we're being shown by God's Word. And it's remarkable as it may sound, the scientists that we work with have moved from a standpoint of atheism and materialism to the belief that the God, the Creator, is also the source of the divine utterance, the language of light and vibration that the great writers speak of. And we have tested and shown in actual archaeological context, not only in Syria and Jordan, but also in Egypt and Israel. Yeah, we got to take our break here. I can't believe we're already at the third hour. We're already in the third hour. We've got two more segments to go here, and I'm going to get to your questions. Elf, I see your question there. I'm going to ask that one. But more importantly, when we come back with Dr. J.J. and Desiree Hurtog, now that we know all these teachings are here and there's so much deeper meaning to all of them, and they've been here since the beginning of time, Maybe we should ask, who put them here? Were they people from our stars? Alien races, possibly. We'll get more into that as well when we come back. Stay with us. Joseph Roop is your host. Pull back the blinds and uncover the truth. This is Lighting the Void Radio. listening to the fringe fm somewhere between abnormal and paranormal there's a show called into the paranormal i'm jeremy scott hear me live saturdays at 6 p.m pacific 9 eastern on the fringe fm hey i'm jm deboard and when i want to talk about dreams i look up my man joe root and his show lighting the void The Fringe FM isn't just a radio station. We also provide services for all your audio production needs. If you're interested in live radio or pre-recorded podcasts, we're here to help. We even do audio enhancements and voiceovers if needed. If you want to do a podcast or live radio show and even want the option to syndicate on terrestrial radio from simple audio file enhancement to live production and call screening, we have you covered. 
We have worked with some of the best professionals in the business in order to provide coaching instruction for content creation, show structure, and more. Contact The Fringe Digital Media for more at info at thefringe.fm. That's info at thefringe.fm. Or call 501-777-5631 for a consultation. Listen, I want to tell you about G.I. Joy from GetTheTea.com. It's the best alchemical concoction of goodies for your stomach and digestive system I can recommend, and that's all based on my experience. Packed with colostrum, acidophilus, aloe, peppermint, and turmeric. If you do your own research, then you know this is the bee's knees for the stomach and digestion. Now, due to Big Brother's ears and the eye in the sky, you know I can't go into the details about what it helped me with, All I can say is, I got relief. It's non-GMO, no fillers, no preservatives, manufactured right here in the U.S. of A., and delivered to you by the only people who stay on top of the game and are out in front. Go grab a bottle of G.I. Joy at GetTheTea.com and see what all the fuss is about. Again, that's GetTheTea.com. OMG! People are jumping on board to the Life Change Tea Regiment. Brew, steep, and drink. For a gentle, taste-great cleanse, it's changing how they feel. See what everybody's talking about. Log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Life Change Tea aids in digestive slowdown and helps people get moving down a healthy path. We won't make claims. We'll just let you decide. Experience is much better than a commercial anyway. If you want results, log on to GetTheTea.com and purchase your Super Strength Cleansing Tea. You won't be disappointed. And if you're looking for some mind-body suggestions, go to YouTube and punch in the search bar, Health Matters Now. That's Health Matters Now. Put power into your health now. So, GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com for Super Strength Tea. And YouTube, Health Matters Now. That's Health Matters Now for valuable suggestions. GetTheTea.com. The tea that makes you go. Hi, this is Sammy. Join us in the Deep South as we're lighting the void with Joe Roop on the Fringe FM. Right, me old Chinas. I know it's an ad break, but before you lot shoot off and make yourself a cup of Rosie Lee or whatever else it is you're going to sling down your Gregory Peck, you need to listen to me bubble. If, like me, you found your way to light in the void via a downloadable podcast, you might want to take a butcher's at the Fringe FM Wind and Kite. You won't Adam and Eve how many other shows there are or what they rabbit on about. Ancient history, conspiracy, the consciousness, the esoteric, the occult, metaphysics, parapolitical, ufology, technology and spirituality to name but a few. they got featured hosts like Ryan Gable, Jeremy Scott, Alex Exum, Tim Doyle, Cortana and Gigi, Susanna Ross, the Reverend John Polk, Michael Deacon and J.D. Lewis. You might find yourself listening to the thoughts and theories of the author of The Fish you just finished reading. Or you could pick up the dog and bone, call in and tell everyone your own beliefs or experiences. So do me a favour. Before you put on the ansel or crack open a bottle of vino or roller joint, Go to the Fringe FM and see what you're missing. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app. 
free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. listening to Lighting the Void Radio. All right, welcome back to Lighting the Void. Our guest tonight, Dr. J.J. and Desiree Hurtock. And man, we have covered some stuff here. And we haven't even gotten to the foundation, really. We've just touched the foundation of their work. And I promised I would get to some of y'all's questions in here. But uh, so uh, the elf's got a question about the life of Jesus. And I think we should just kind of probably touch on that a little bit and then move back into since we're in the third hour here move back into how important your uh book is on the keys of enoch and that is not just a book it's not really a book if you go to the website you can tell that this thing is like the structure that permeates our reality and if this is true then i'm pretty sure if we tap into this and the science of it that we can find out any answer we want and uh I can tell you guys are really, really passionate about this. But let's go ahead and just touch on this question real quick. Do you guys have, know anything about this? Because I, when I look at the New Testament, before y'all answer, and then it talks about, you know, the life of Jesus and his ages and all this other stuff, I've always looked at this as like a metaphorical thing, not so much a historical thing, uh, because there's so many uh, hidden gems in there. But, I mean, I'll let you guys answer that, and then we can move on to the next thing. Wait, right. you're asking the question about the hidden years of Jesus? That's right. Well, the years before his ministry. Let me just say that, you know, people want to take Jesus very linearly. You know, he was born and then he died at age 33 and stuff like that. But look at what happened. First of all, he was born, and we do believe that he was born, we'll say, call it fatherless. Uh, he had, obviously, the virgin as the mother. Um, so that's one aspect of uh, how he manifested on the planet. Uh, if you go back to Mekizeldek, uh it's not always accepted by everyone, but it does say it in the Bible that Mekizeldek's appearance to Abraham, he was both fatherless and motherless. So, you know, these things are realities. These are possibilities. They're not just legends. They're not just, you know, someone's dreaming of some idea or something like that. So if you then jump to the time of the baptism, you know, it really doesn't matter. He came in, and then he was activated, if one wanted to say, or energized, uh, at the time of the baptism where the d- divine spirit came down or was seen, connected with the Father. So the Trinity element then was completely activated within him. So what he did before that, you know, wasn't as important. Could he have gone to India? Yes. You know why? Because in Esther, which is before Jesus was born, there the was... The Book of Esther. In the Book of Esther, or the time of Esther, uh, she was connected with a king that ruled from Ethiopia to India. So, you know, everything wasn't just in Israel. When Dr. Tech mentioned our friend Tom Winder, who found Sodom and Gomorrah in Jordan. With his colleagues. Yeah, with his colleagues. No one wants to see anything outside of, you know, Israel. This is a little country for anyone that's visited there. But literally, there was one emperor before the time of Christ that ruled from Ethiopia to India. So, yeah, could he have gone? Yeah, he could have gone anywhere. I mean, people travel, people went around, and he could have learned and maybe gained from that. Uh, we do feel, though, then he had a three-year ministry, which is important. We've mentioned three or the Trinity power many times in this program, and we can get into that even in a longer detail, and, and we have in our books. And then at a certain point, we do feel that he transformed from a physical body, right, in his time of the death, 
to a light body, right? And people want to give excuses for that. You know, well, it really didn't. He had a swoon theory. He went to India to live after that. You know, there's many things where it was all, like, made up by his disciples. No one realizes that the key thing that he was showing is what we were talking about at the beginning of the program. We came from a light body, went into a physical body. He's showing. He went into a physical body and went back to a light body. So that's really one of the greatest teachings that he gave. So what he did in those years before that, you know, I mean, basically he was aligned to his higher self, to his reality self, to his connection with God, to the oneness, and that's what's important. Most of the New Testament scholars would say that the, the missing years of Jesus between the age of 12 when he appears between the wise uh, elders of Israel giving great insights into the mysteries of the scriptures, and when he appears at the age uh, of 30 reading from the book of Isaiah was time that he spent with the scholars known as the Essenes, or the quave dwellers, or some call them the Qumran Coventers that had a pre-New Testament theology similar to that which was preached by John the Baptist. Clearly, one does not know at this stage for sure where those missing years were with he was under the tutelage of mystical rabbis, the Essenes, or possibly sages in Egypt where the children of Israel did leave behind documents. Or India or any of the places. But the point is, is that... It's the message, not the the event of history. Right, but once that baptism took place, he was literally activated and aligned to his higher, to who he really was. So basically, all his information really came from a divine source. So if we're going to look at where he learned and things on this planet, we don't feel that that's really of the higher essence. What higher essence is what he said during that thir three years of his ministry. And it, it, he could have been living in South America, for that matter. Once that happened, there, of course, we do feel he was there in a key point of the planet at a key special time. What you're saying is the risen Christ showed himself before not only the people of Israel, but before the nations. And some who have the Pentecostal experience see and feel the presence of the risen Christ uh, beyond history. So to put this into a historic uh, maze way is missing the point of the message of the living right, Christ. Right, right. It wasn't a linear information that he gained until he was 30. So anyway. Well, I mean, if you look ahead, at his teachings thing. and stuff, it's, it's basically, uh, you know, when you go to church, they tell you it's all about worshiping him. But if you look at what he's telling you, he's trying to tell you your potential, Right. This the kingdom of heaven is hand, your potential. That's it. Again, I refer to the New Testament. He said, "Greater things than these he shall do, namely greater than the miracles that were performed, going to the Father." So he was referring in the Lord's prayer in the Garden, in John's Gospel, "Our Father who art in heaven." He gave that prayer to announce that the the alignment of each and every soul that seeks to know the wisdom of creation is with the Divine Father and the Divine Son. And we would also, we often say, uh, the beginning of the Lord's Prayer is important, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So we're trying to link up. I think that's what's happening now. I think the, there's a link up, literally, between the heavens and the earth. And it's going to get stronger and stronger, and it's going to get stronger in people's individual lives. It's going to get stronger on a planetary level. So this is really what's happening. Okay, so now, if we go back to your teachings on the Keys of Enoch, you're saying the connection between DNA and the divine name of God, which is uh, YHVH or the Tetragrammaton, yod heh vav -Hey, goes back over 30 years in the work of the Book of Knowledge with your that book, right? And it talks about uh, DNA and how it's directly, well, we talk about Kabbalah here on the show quite a bit. 
And you talk about in biblical and Kabbalistic teachings, the fabric of the human body came out of the utterances of the divine word. That's pretty interesting. So um, I would like to look into that more because we want to figure out uh, how to talk to aliens, right? Most of us think, oh, man, aliens are real. We see them in the night sky. We see sometimes we see these orbs that show up and they disappear. Uh, a lot of us on the show have talked about the Merkaba because we believe that they've that there are races that have tapped into these bodies kind of like the watchers that they come in and they, they show us, or sometimes they permeate through our reality. And I don't think we're going to get any of these answers until we look at, I hate to say it, the science of this. I'm not saying focus on just the science, but look at how we can connect the dots between what's been taught spiritually and to the science that we know now with DNA and creation and vibration, like you guys were talking about earlier. Right, so I have to say one of the things in terms of communication with uh, extraterrestrials are what we often call also ultra-terrestrials, which are beings that don't need the physical, physical technology but a pure light. Right, and so basically the whole idea of that is usually a consciousness communication. In other words, it's not you don't necessarily hear them talking, although from some of our research they can talk, you know, literally have sounds come out of their mouths if they need to, but for the most part the communication is on a consciousness level. So you can hear the words or even see pictures in your head because they have the ability to communicate on those levels. And I did want to bring in, I, I think you were talking about some of the questions, that animals actually are able to pick up on this. And a friend of ours, uh, Rupert Sheldrake, if anyone wants to do the research. Professor Rupert Sheldrake. Out of London, England, has shown that, you know, dogs and cats know when you're, well, dogs know when you're coming home, even if you're like, you know, 10 miles away. And cats know when you're taking them to the vet. Even though you've never even shown the cage, they disappear. A lot of vets don't even want to take an appointment with a cat because they know the cat knows. Even if you call from your office, never put the cage out. You come home, the cat's gone. You know, next day he's there. It just, they know. So this is the way we don't communicate, but we can communicate. We can use that higher consciousness mind to know things about other realities and about this reality. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So, so the keys of Enoch can gather all these different realities and provide a focus to the divine language we call the language of light. Somebody would call it the language that's referred to as the language of wisdom, the language of knowledge that the apostle speaks of in 1 Corinthians. Others think of it as the language that was manifested at the time of Pentecost when light appeared over the heads of the, the disciples who spoke in different languages, but then there was a language of the Holy Spirit. This greater language, we believe, is the insight to the tool to re-examining the Word of God and to realizing its great majesty on the seventh or the highest level of what the mind can see and discern in preparation for the coming of the divine host or the cosmic intelligence, which requires a maturity, a sophistication of interpretation, as well as a loving resonance that we must feel within ourselves if we are to properly prepare ourselves to shake hands with the cosmic others. I think the reason with the governments have covered up this story for so many decades has been most of the leaders are atheistic and do not believe that there's any spiritual significance that could be the go-between, a language of conversation, a language of diplomacy. 
So I just want to say also going back to Pentecost, which is when the disciples after the time of Jesus were talking to all these people and they heard it all in their own languages, it probably wasn't something that was really going out of the mouths of, of these because each one heard it in their own language. It was coming into their heads. And it's important to realize, you know, this is a form of communication, that we really can get information, one would call it from the still, small voice, but that we really can have insights. And even from, you know, Christ or from, we'll say, angels and different aspects, now we have to use discernment and we have to test the spirits. I agree with that. You can't just take anything that comes and feel that's it. But there's certainly sometimes people have dream visions where things really happen to them and they're, they're aware that they need to move in a certain direction. This is all stuff we need to start being more and more sensitized to and use in our daily lives. And this is something remote viewing has helped us see. And quantum physics is telling us, again, we live in a non-local reality, which means everything, even past, present, future, and this space and spaces where we can't even see with our five senses is all connected and all linked together. So read, those of you who are hearing this program, read Acts chapter 2 and understand the greater message of the Pentecostal story was to link us with a cosmology of consciousness. That we were prepared to know the greater reality of the angelic kingdom, to test the angels, but also to pass through all of the lower phenomena and to realize that there is a divine birthright that we have as cosmic citizens. To the glory of the genetic program that was put into our body, our flesh and blood from above, not evolved from the insects or the cosmic whatever from the lower. No, we were manifesting the higher into the lower through God's grace. And I just want to say, we're good friends with Linda Moulton Howe, who we greatly respect. She's got a lot of information from uh, people who come to her mostly from the military or the government telling her about extraterrestrials. Trying to steal, take the soul from yeah, contactees. And she says a lot of the grays, they don't have the consciousness that we do. And that's what they really want our consciousness. They don't understand why they don't have our consciousness. Well, we would say, and it's our own, obviously, cosmology connected with the Keys of Enoch, that again, we came from a higher light body consciousness and we came down here where a lot of the greys and reptilians have been mostly local genetic creations. And so they don't have that higher consciousness. We can link our consciousness really back to the vibrations of light and we can do it through the Christ vibration, which is what Jesus in a sense said on the way shower. So when we link to that vibration, we actually have greater insights about ourselves who we are, and where we're going. Oh, we can play these endless games with Hollywood movies, not knowing who's on first base, seeing that everything is negative. There's no divine source. There's no divine hierarchy. There are no divine hosts of the Elohim that can help us at this critical stage of the survival of Western civilization in terms of the ethics of science, the ethics of the human heart, and the spirituality that has shaped the great minds of the Renaissance and the great gifts of Western civilization. And I just want to say one other thing. One of my favorite things that Linda Moulton, however, talked about, she was at Citizens Hearing, which was a gathering in Washington, D.C. that was before Congress people actually talking about extraterrestrials. And she mentioned that this one contact with a, a government, uh, like a military personnel with an alien, 
when he communicated to her, to this man, I'm sorry, when, when this uh, alien communicated to this military officer, officer that uh, he did it, it was literally, he, she said, I think, seven different levels of movies going in his head. It was so powerful. So it wasn't just like... And then like, he saw golden letters. And then he saw golden letters. So, you know, some of them, they can talk to us. And then we have other people that have said, you know, they've talked to aliens, they hear them, they've even heard their... their voices speak and stuff like that. Maybe where's the real science? Where's the real teaching? But Linda says, you know, in some of their abilities, and there's not just one extraterrestrial, there's many extraterrestrial intelligences, some more advanced than others, this guy really received seven motion pictures coming into his head. And scary thing is, she said, in addition to him feeding this military guy information, the alien was able to also take information from the military guy and download his information back to the alien. So wow. there's a lot going on with consciousness we don't even understand. Yeah, wow. Okay. So on your, I'm at your website again, keysofenoch.org, and you talk about the Pleiades. You, earlier you mentioned the past, present, and future, and you said the Book of Knowledge, the Keys of Enoch, tells us in key uh, 1-0-6, uh, I guess, 9, the Pleiades represent the key to physical procreation, and it represents the galactic beginning of the physical Adamic household. Can you touch on that? Because that is at, fascinating. Uh, yes, if you look at most indigenous traditions, whether it is the, uh, the Lakota or the uh, Abjua or the Mayans or the yeah. others that we have worked with in South America, and even some of the African traditions, there is a reference in respect to the Pleiades as being the source for those positive energies that came down upon Mother Earth. Right, so what Dr. Jack had, and actually I have to say, you were generous to say it was 30 years ago, it was actually over 40 years ago, so I was too, I often say, but anyway. But the idea was that um, the Pleiades was really kind of the cradle and throne of our own consciousness and the Adamic species. As I mentioned, that we're found out in space, and that would be like the source, of, one of the source places in our local galaxy of where we come from. And recently from uh, some of the Eastern uh, European countries, they've talked about the wow signal, saying that even our DNA probably has come through a type of panspermia or something. A lot of biological creation in space. Right. A lot of the uh, scientists are now looking at the fact, as we mentioned, that a lot of our evolution could not have taken place in the last four billion years of history. It must have some connection either with comets, they'll say, or meteorites or something, that it comes from space. And that gives a little bit of a movement forward into the fact that we're cosmic intelligence. So the Pleiades is part of that. Dr. Jack also points out Orion is a key factor. Orion was a key factor also for the Egyptians. Mentioned also by Job chapter 38 in the Old Testament. And he sees Orion as like a portal or a gateway, stargate, to other universes. This is something we've talked about with Elizabeth Rauscher, the multiverse. This is coming back in the 70s in the Keys of Enoch that we live in a many-in-one universe, that there's many universes, not just our universe that we're familiar with. Scientists are starting to come out so with that So what does this now. mean in plain English? It means we should go beyond the extraterrestrial to the ultra-terrestrial. Because the ultra terrestrial uh, represent the angelic light, referred to in the ancient Hebrew scriptures. The extraterrestrial represent the mischievous Nephilim or fallen intelligence in most instances, according to many of the folk histories and mythologies of people in parts of Africa, the Near East, and in South America. So we have the opportunity to speak to leading university audiences, leading archaeologists, 
scientists who understand that there are troubling times ahead for the human race if we bow down to these visitors who come with heavy technology of death as opposed to knowledge of enlightenment and teaching. And just to go back to the Aztecs, they have this sacred mountain. It's actually by Mexico City, and they do this fire ceremony. And every so many years, it's like every 50 years, they make sure that the Pleiades is there. And they feel if it isn't, uh, then I think it's 104 years as well, that um, you know their whole culture could disappear or the whole humanity could disappear. So they also acknowledge the Pleiades is part of the source of our humanity. Wow. I mean, this is so much. You guys have so much information here. I'm going over. Um, there's people in the chat going, oh, my gosh, this stuff is just too much. It's like it's hitting on so many levels. So most of these people that are saying this in the chat room, by the way, have been listening to the show for some time. And so you guys are hitting on a lot of different things that we've talked about. And I'm on your keysofenoch.org at your books here. And I'm drooling, actually, because I want all of these books. Um, every but single one. Who doesn't want the larger book? You know, we actually, Dr. Tech, as I mentioned, has come out. There's 64 keys of Enoch he had in his experience. So he got calligraphy in 64, and then he actually saw what the calligraphy is all about. And he put 54 in the first book that he published in the 70s. And then now he's coming out with the last 10, and, and we're up to just about key 404. It's called the first light picture superscript, the second light picture superscript. Each one has a different topic. Uh, the third one is about the sacred name, actually exactly what but we were talking about. This is being written for students of theology and science or interested in the higher connections because, again, this requires some background and some teaching like you, Joe, have been exposed to. We reference also a book called The Over-Self Awakening. Yeah. On a simpler level, Dr. Jack and I wrote together the book called The Over-Self Awakening, a guide to the schoolhouse of the soul. It's 72 phases of consciousness awakening and talking about contact with other uh, beings. It's talking about like tying the sacred grids together on the planet. So it's 72 levels. It's, it's based a, upon the, the tree of, of what we call Eskayim, the tree of wisdom, mm -hmm. the Hebraic Christian tradition of taking the higher path of discernment. So if, so if this is really over the heads of people and you want to tune into something, get the over-self awakening. Uh, otherwise, uh, even uh, for you, we were talking about the divine name. That's in, key, in the third light picture superscript. And it talks about a lot of the stuff we're, we're talking about tonight, actually. Divine yeah, you, language. Well, you mentioned the SHIM, too. That's something that we've talked about, like the tree of life or tree of wisdom. That. That is a hard, hard thing to talk about over the air. But, man, I have found so many, I guess I could say, spiritually true things, even in meditation, uh, in what we call path working that I've done before, trying to, um, I guess, trying to explore consciousness, really. So here we have something that it's given us a glyph, or let's just say a tree, that says, okay, you want to explore who you are in consciousness. Here's the glyph of the manifested world, right? I mean, this is big time stuff, man, and it's in behind well, all of our all of our mystery schools. That's what I've been trying to tell everybody, especially in the West, like Freemasonry, Rosicrucianism, all this stuff where they're keeping this stuff a secret, and you got to go through all these different uh, ceremonies and rituals and all this stuff to really realize that what you're doing is learning all about the Kabbalah, but you're learning it on their terms, uh, and when you could just study it yourself. That's what I've been trying to tell everybody. Well, what's important, a few factors that we can't, as you said, go into the whole tree of life, but the Malkuth, the kingdom, is at the very base, and any Kabbalah will, Kabbalistic scholar will say 
basically all that needs to be done, what we're doing is raising our kingdom, our, you know, that's at the base, into the next creation. So we're literally trying to elevate this realm that we're part of. So that's part of that. And then at the very top, of course, you have um, Chokmah, wisdom, which is connected, the same word for Sophia, when we talk about Pistis Sophia, it's the same word. It's actually feminine even in the Hebrew, which you wouldn't think that wisdom is, is feminine, but it is. The Hebrews understood that and also, of course, the Greeks. Connected with Bena, understanding. And then the, uh, the other side is understanding. So we have to have the wisdom and we have to have the understanding. You can have a lot of information, but if you don't know how to use it and how to apply it, it's not going to give you the Kether crown, which is the activation of what we would call the eventually the seven to eight chakra. So I know we're talking on radio and I can't do the chanting as a cancer, but I would say, Chokmah Eloheinu, Chokmah Eloheinu, Chokmah Eloheinu. You see the difference between spoken language and vibratory language. So again, for those who are interested in this program conversation, I ask you to go to our website, scroll down to our music, and you can get either the album we did with Stephen Halpern, one of America's great composers, called... Sacred Name, Sacred Code. Or find our new album that was made in Brazil with great singers, and actually they were professional opera singers, called... Hallelujah Adonai. Means praise be to the Lord. In the ancient Hebrew Aramaic expressions, these are very powerful renderings of how divine language can be used with sacred respect and still respect the divine name because it's not being used in a materialistic self-aggrandizement side, one of reverence to the Most High God. And piety and higher purpose. Yeah, this is great stuff, guys. Uh, this is really great stuff. We only got just a few minutes left here, so you better get your questions in and make them count. We'll be right back. the afterlife and into your life this is art bell and you are listening to joe roop and lighting the void here on the fringe fm ew yuck they're unhealthy and gross Bugs, I hate bugs. We keep a clean home, but occasionally bugs show up. Well, I found something that is tougher than bugs. Orange Guard. From contact, it kills bugs. Plus, Orange Guard kills hidden bugs and keeps new bugs away for weeks. I know. I use Orange Guard. Plus, all of the ingredients of Orange Guard are on the FDA generally regarded as safe list. Orange Guard may be used around food, humans, and pets. It promotes a healthier planet, and here's a bonus. Orange Guard cleans where it's sprayed. Plus, it comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Orange Guard. You can get Orange Guard at Ace Hardware. And listen, folks, Orange Guard is tougher than bugs, and it's safe to use. Go to OrangeGuard.com. That's OrangeGuard.com. This is Al. I listen to Lighting the Void because it's interactive radio with good content, interesting guests, and a humble host sharing his journey through the esoteric. Hey, Joe Roop. Thanks for having us along for the ride. Thank you so much. What a delightful evening. Well, I got a lot of ground to cover. 
You can tug all day long on a carpet that's been glued to the floor. Then you hurt. There are many strong glues out there. Let's see, there's liquid nails and Gorilla Glue. You ever try to remove 3M5200? That adhesive is strong. Then there's bathroom caulk, silicone rubber, adhesive tape, super glue, flex tape, and stickers. Graffiti. Scientists have come up with glues that stay stuck and can't be removed. Until now. Until Handyman Formula by DeBond. That's right. 95% of adhesives become unstuck when you spray Handyman Formula directly on them. Just spray, wait a few minutes, and remove. It's amazing. Most adhesives become unstuck when you use Handyman Formula. Visit DeBondCorporation.com or MCMaster.com. Call 561-575-4200. This stuff really works. Handyman Formula by DeBond, a great Christmas gift. Okay, nurse, let's get this man to the ER, stat. Right away, doctor. We see this every day. Heart attack or angina pain due to blocked and clogged arteries. Chelation can remove obstructions or blockages from arteries and help avoid painful and expensive surgery. Now there's Angioprim. It's a liquid oral chelation product that you take with juice. You start to feel the results fast. Angioprim increases blood flow all over the body, and that means more energy and strength to take on the day with less aches and pains. 60 years of research has gone into chelation, and angioprim is the result. A safe and easy way to unblock your veins and arteries from buildup that slow circulation. Paging Dr. Jones, please report to the emergency room right away. Log on now to angioprim.com. That's A-N-G-I-O-P-R-I-M.com. Or to speak with a trained consultant, give angioprim a call at 954-882-7221. That's 954-882-7221. Good evening, this is Art Bell, and you are listening to The Fringe FM. I'm Clyde Lewis. You are listening to The Fringe FM. toll-free from the United States or Canada. Well, a fascinating night it's been for sure with Dr. J.J. and Desiree her talk here. And I got to tell you guys, I mean, everything that they're talking about, if you've been listening to this show since the beginning, everything that they're talking about correlates 110% with my experience. There are things that I didn't say to you guys, but uh, as I was doing certain meditations, vibrations, and rituals that weren't necessarily inside of Western occultism, but I I was doing many things. I had experiences of light peeking through. I had experiences of energy that would just go up and down my body. But what really shook me was the out-of-body experience. So if anybody thinks that you can't have experiences learning this stuff, you can't. My issue was, is that it was so overwhelming. And when I would look at the text and all of the information that I really needed to study here, 
I kind of wanted to take a step back and didn't know where to start. And so I guess this is what I would ask you guys is this isn't something that is just going to happen overnight, right? I mean, this is like a lifelong journey and study of, of things, correct? That's right. We're, we're pilgrims on Mother Earth. We're here, some of us, just for a few years, others for uh, longer periods of time. But we all have this great privilege of utilizing the great gifts and resources. We believe that we're moving into the age of the Holy Spirit, where we're going to see miracles. We're going to see, as the astronauts have demonstrated privately, the powers of the mind extended. Many of the astronauts were deeply spiritual, like Gordon Cooper we talked to. Uh, people who have acknowledged that there are technologies in space watching our planet. There's also dangerous situations that seem to have interfered with the course of human history, where we have to go into these bloodbaths of history and genocide. But the good news is the other side, the higher ultra-terrestrial dimension, we would call it the archangelic, does exist in God's plan, I believe, is to open the gates of this schoolhouse, Mother Earth, and graduate us to the Cosmic University. And I think that's part of your experience when you saw those lights. It's usually like a light being or a light energy. Some people call it a pillar of light, or it could be even, like I said, a being of light. And then, you know, that helps you to raise your consciousness and to start seeing the fact that we're not just a body, but we're a consciousness indwelling temporarily in a physical body. And yes, we have to be here. I think that's so important because I don't like all the stuff going on with these younger kids that don't realize how important it is for them to be here now. So they get involved with situations of terminal illness or destruction through drugs, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, once we realize how important it is to be here now, we can still, though, uh, have our consciousness in higher realities and then bring that higher reality down here. That's the whole thing with the Lord's Prayer. May thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Let's bring that energy down here. Let's not be, you know, it, with war and animosity. That doesn't exist in those higher realms. Let's connect with myriads of angelic beings and the Christ of consciousness, and let's bring that down here. I mean, in, historic language, this would be, in historic language, we would call this the Pentecostal experience, the awakening into rapture, the awakening into higher states, of experience, of epiphany, of seeing things that normally are not logically understood except one has an interpreter or one has a deeper grounding faith and prophecy to see these things come to pass. But it can be very practical and you know people have asked you know how do you do remote viewing, how do you train in it and basically it's the first thing that pops into your head because your consciousness is part of that larger consciousness. But I tell people you know try it with your cell phone. Every kid has a cell phone, every person nowadays you know, just like before you even look who's calling you, see if you can tune in to who is calling you. It really starts to train your mind because we don't believe it, really, in a certain sense. And that's the whole thing with Bissa Sophia, faith and wisdom. We don't have that faith to know that this thing can exist. And you did have it. That's why you had the experience. And that's part of our work also with the Over-Self-Awakening book that Dr. Tech and I put together the very first parts of the book, actually. As well as every book in the scriptures. Well, it says, the very first part is you have to start realizing there's a reality beyond your five senses. If you're stuck in only your five senses, you basically will never be able to have that experience. So what we're trying to say, and I think what you're doing with your radio show, is to introduce people into which, other realities. Which includes the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the wow. bottom line here, I can use the scriptures, every good and perfect thing from above now is coming into the human experience. From the people we've talked to through universities throughout the world, even from some government scientists we've privately talked to, there is an expectation that somewhere in the near future, 
we're going to realize there are cosmic civilizations out there, but which ones do we work with? Do they honor us? Do they honor our prophetic tradition? How can we discern the spirits except through the key names of God that were revealed, maintained, and used for miracles and great works of charity and purpose? So we would say even when you go into outer space, or as we go into outer space as a species, that actually the Bible will even become more relevant because we'll understand who we are. We understand the powers of the heavens that we're a part of. So I think that's important as well. It's not something that was just for 6,000 years of history. So I can say that the Bible in the language of the Holy Spirit or the field of the Holy Spirit. Again, this is why it's so important to understand that third part that's normally ignored, which in Hebrew we call the neshama, the soul spirit in unity, where our spirit, our higher spiritual consciousness is in conjunction with the Holy Spirit, the higher realm of true wisdom and true science, not just superficial things or lower phenomena one sees in Hollywood movies where you have simply the destructive alien aliens, but you don't see the real beautiful faces of the ultra-terrestrial, the angelic. And I have to say, I think what's happening now also it reminds me of the movie Interstellar, and if you haven't seen it, I think most of your audience probably has, that, you know, there's beings trying to help us at this very moment, and of course in Interstellar the planet was really, you know, beyond uh, anything that they could fix, and yet there was the, her father who came back through the fifth dimension to communicate with her to give her solutions. And I think, you know, whether there's people from other dimensions, other realities, they're also here trying to help. That's what the Keys of Yonk, what Dr. Jack experienced. This is all information we need for our future so that we can grow and continue as a species, not only in this planet, but in other planetary worlds. So we prepare for a positive future by taking a higher path, a path that will give us the insights and the glory and the power to overcome all of the lower negative disruptions and certainly all of the mischievous dialectics we see between the politics of one country and another, all serving what I will call materialistic society we have a higher blueprint embedded within us as cosmic citizens, reclaiming our potential. So, yeah, I kind of agree. We, we've talked a lot about disclosure and where are the extraterrestrials and where are these beings that watch over us? How come we can't communicate with them? And I really believe like what you guys are saying is they're already here. We can tap into these things, but I don't think they're just going to come down here and this is just my opinion, and just start communicating and handshaking and change everything until, like, it's up to us. We're the ones that have to do this work so we can connect to it. That's what I believe. What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely, yeah. No, they're not going to do it all for us because this is really a schoolhouse. But I think what's important, and you can talk to many people who have had certain types of encounters, either with angelic messengers or even some extraterrestrials, and there seems to be a linkage a consciousness linkage that is formed from that. So information is flowing to this planet. Uh, we just have to be able to react to that and to make it, you know, do what we can to make and it And not be better. dropped into phenomena or lower realities. There's a distinction in the Greek New Testament between phenomena and noumena. The thoughts of the mind of wisdom are the more important aspects of the spiritual food and nature that we must be prepared to handle as opposed to the phenomena that come and go and disappear like day and night, we are being prepared really for the foundations of reaching out into the universe, making contact with cosmic civilizations that worship the same God, understand his glory, understand the great traditions of archaeology and science, 
that we have in the great centers of civilization that are now being threatened by those who have no ethics, who basically are in a mode of disrupting the great groups of Western civilization. So as we were wrapping up, I just wanted to mention a few things again that we've talked about in your program, and that is, you know, where do people really begin with some of our information? It's a vast cosmology. It's a spiritual cosmology, but it's also a scientific cosmology when you get down to the, to the aspects of quantum physics. So I like to encourage people, um, you know, with some of our music because that's a very easy way to start. We also have some great videos, like it's called The Light Body, which takes you around the planet. It has graphics as well as uh, nature scenes with, with sound vibrations. And all of our music is considered like we try to make it into sacred music. So or the film called Merkaba. Yes, of a star we actually have a film called We got many international awards for this film that deal with the divine vehicle of God, not to be confused with the UFO, the heavy metal that does mysterious things in violation of human free will. So these words, Merkaba or Ma'asaba, Merkaba, the science of the divine vehicle, the use of the divine name of God as it's pronounced with great reverence and piety, the reference to the salutation of the Most High, to the holy words, Holy, 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 or in the Hebrew, Kadosh, 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 or in the Latin, Sanctus, 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 remind us of our great fathers and our great grandmothers throughout the world who acknowledged that we had angelic counterparts. We had other civilizations that were, we were cut off from by the mischievous forces of the experimental gods. And now the opportunity has come to realign with the true cosmic forces yeah. that represent really the four freedoms and also represent the higher aspirations of human consciousness and design. And if you're interested, of course, in knowing more about the divine name that you talked about, uh, the 72 living divine names of the Most High, that's a, really the names of God from everything from Atik Yomim to Rachmana, which means the compassionate one, to Yahweh Had. So those names, God are there. Is one. those names are there. They're also on our CD. That's the generation of our CD, Sacred Names, Sacred Codes, with Steve Halpern, a very famous uh, New Age music musician. We also had some, uh, Dr. Jack and I are singing on it, but we also had our other colleagues and friends who are really good singers to join us. So it's, it's a very, very powerful CD. Especially our Brazilian singers who are professional opera singers, or our Mexican singers who also come from different uh, cultural backgrounds. We believe there will be a global resonance sweeping around the world where consciousness will be changed as our vibrations speed up. People will have to make a decision to go with the lower spiral or the higher spiral. It'd be aware, even though the world goes down, the Merkaba goes up. And God's glory is being tested in our life, in our purpose, and our ability to balance the harmonic between true science and true spirituality. And by the way, there is a whole chapter in, written in the 1970s on the Merkaba experience and how our, it's not necessarily a physical vehicle, it's also a spiritual vehicle, like you would see in the Eastern uh, Sanskrit text that like the whole body is a Merkava type of vehicle. But it doesn't just go into the local dimensions. The Merkava is unique because it can go into a multidimensional reality outside of this local universe. Wow. So I got a question that's probably going to take you guys off guard a little bit here in the last. But it seems to me kind of perfect that you two ended up with each other in this way. Do you think that that was no coincidence, right? How did you two meet? Well, I have 
to say, you know, the Hawaiians also have a teaching that said no matter, even if you bump into someone on the street, you know, and it, that there's a cosmic kind of design to all of your life, especially when you work with spiritual dimensions, that you're brought together to the right place, the right time, the right people, the right sharing. And we uh, were brought together by uh, my work as a young professor in studies of philosophy and science. My wife was a student at the time, and we had some incredible experiences in prayer and meditation and research. And uh, her father was a gifted medical doctor, inventor of one of the first space medicines. My parents were always encouraging me to study all of the other things that go along with the Holy Scriptures in the context of culture, history, uh, the great uh, musical, linguistic traditions. All of these things came together in our life and our work and dedication to what we believe to be the greater plan that God has coded within every word of the sacred word of Scripture, plus giving us the opportunity as scholars to make commentary on what we believe to be a plan of unfoldment that has placed us in line with several astronauts, several of the great scientific investigators in the paraphysical dimension, some also with government explorations that were not inhibited or shamed to simply say there's more out there than just simply the technologies. There's a divine program preparing us for a graduation. So I met Dr. Tick about three months before his experience. Um, and I could understand much of what he was saying, where back in the 70s, people didn't even know what a pyramid was. But I want to say, though, that things have really speeded up. I think your listening audience knows this. And the synchronicities of people meeting one another or even meeting old friends that you hadn't seen in a long time is really coming together. There seems to be something happening. The more spiritually aligned you are in listening to that still, small voice, the more uh, these things come to you, and you're also protected. So I, I, it's very important that people do acknowledge you know, their potential of being able to have a divine linkage and to be protected as well as uh, given wisdom and knowledge as to how their life should go. So where do we go from here? Again, I repeat, every good and perfect thing from above is being prepared for us. We must be patient. We must be harmonious with our inner nature, but also we must be receptive to the signs and seasons that we're living in, and not to despair or to go down with the lack of inspiration, for the signs are very clear, even in the world of secular science, that there's a higher potential that's now being realized as we're moving into the age of the Holy Spirit, which means the outpouring of gifts and insights, fully recognized by the great writers and the great mystics. So just to recap our books again, if you're really beginners, The Overself Awakening that Dr. Jack and I wrote, if you like Christian mysticism, which is a little bit difficult, and I know you've looked at The Business of Sophia, if you just get The Business of Sophia without our commentary, it usually goes over people's heads. So we've done, it's like 900 it pages. Means, this is the faith that goes with wisdom, the Sophia. Together they work together. But ultimately, just like the mind and heart. then the Keys of Enoch, or if that's too much for you, there's the intro to the Keys, which is 12 of the chapters. And as we were talking about tonight, probably summed up a lot in what we call the third light picture superscript. It's one of the uh, last 10 Keys of, of Enoch. That's I waited 40 years before I saw the signs. Uh, what we have seen, of course, in references to what the keys referenced in 1973 was the floating pyramid. It's a capstone teaching 
of God's grace and the coming of the Bnei Elohim over the cities of the earth, and also the reference to the year 2004, which ironically just a couple of years ago was announced on CNN, in the New York Times, and also in the Washington Post regarding the declassification of Pentagon documents. The regarding things that were seen in the sky in 2004, exactly what I wrote about uh, in, 2000, in 1973. So you mentioned disclosure. We feel that disclosure, although it could go back you know, to Roswell or even way beyond that, probably people have had experiences for thousands of years, but probably we'll go back to 2004 and the Nimitz experience. I think some people, if you haven't uh, talked about that or know about that, just you can Google it, the Nimitz experience off of uh, Catalina Island. The ship that was named for Chester Nimitz? With the, with the uh, Navy seeing uh, really what they call Tic Tac, which is an extraterrestrial spacecraft. And so we come to, uh, to a fantastic time of taking time to reconsider all of what we've said before. We're at the beginning of a great quantum change in consciousness. We're at the beginning of understanding God's word and all its refreshing insights of a higher wisdom. We're also at a time of recognizing that greater truths are being bestowed upon us in Acts chapter 2. Signs and seasons of environmental change, also in the New Testament book of, of Jude, where we are being prepared for things that will be shaking at the imagination of the rational minds. But in some unique way, the super-rational, the, the higher mind is being activated if it is clear to the science and seasons that we are being prepared for a much greater experience of life. And quantum physics tells us there's infinite possibilities, so never choose just the negative one. Realize there's many more possibilities for every one of us to experience. Realize you are the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit, and you have this great opportunity, yet remaining in this country, to take the higher path. Also recognize Arkansas, according to the keys of Enoch, is in that sacred belt of faith, fabric, and family in the Midwest that will see a harbinger of change. Wow, really? In, as well as in Arkansas. It's a place of faith and courage, as well as new, shall we say, experience and invention. Fantastic. That's cool to know. So, yeah, that's right in the heart of where I am. I'm at the very tip of the deep south here. Uh, and I'm ready for some change, actually, here. That would be great. There's some beautiful places here, too. Look, uh, this has been such a fascinating conversation. I ha I know that I will dig deeper into you guys' work and both y'all's work, actually, and I, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. It's been such an informative and compelling broadcast tonight. Thank you so much. And we appreciate this very much. The, the image of the dove over North America. In the Keys of Enoch. Is found. And you can see the heartland is key for the dove. So, anyway, that's in the case of Enoch. And so we may thank the you for dove be over your heads and of your hearts, and may compassion reign within your life. And if you just joined the program, go back and have a replay of the <laughs> podcast that we're making. Thank you, Joe. It is a pleasure being with you. Yeah, it was, it was fabulous having you guys on the broadcast. Thank you so much. God bless to everybody out there. And can you continue your path, Joe, with the great programs you're doing? Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, that was a Dr. J.J. and Desiree Hurtock. Make sure you go check out the website, keysofenoch.org and futurescience.org. Fascinating book section. i got to say, like, I really 
have touched on a lot of this stuff during the show, during what we've talked about in 400 and something episodes. We've talked about a lot of this stuff. And it's really cool, especially this week, to have guests on where we can see where a lot of these, these things are tying in together. Uh, so many people want to throw out ancient scripture as if it's really uh, irrelevant, and it's not. It's there for a reason. It's been with us since the beginning of time. There's something, a message that's been trying to be delivered to us since the beginning of time. And it's only those, I believe, that can see through the lines, that can look and read between the lines, that really want to know and are striving for truth spiritually that will find it. And I have to believe, and I really do believe at the bottom of my heart, that it's been put there purposefully that way so that when you do seek, you'll find. And eventually, as it states in some of these scriptures, that everything that is hidden is going to be revealed. And I guess maybe we should ask ourselves, are we ready for that? And I think most of us are, and we want to be ready for that. And I believe that the work of these two that were on here tonight will definitely help us get ready for that. And I really appreciate all of you that came on the broadcast tonight to listen to Take Your Time to Listen to Lighting the Void as we move further into the late night. We have to get out of here, though. After the show tonight, The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable is coming up. Please, please don't copy the show without written permission. The main music was by Kronoks. The guitar was by my man Bundy. Special shout-out to our producer, Pacho, to Don, to Dennis, Eric Markham, our program director, Jeremy Scott, all of you guys in the Fringe FM chat. We'll see you guys tomorrow night with PMH Atwater. We're going to be talking about the near-death experience. Same time, same channel right here on the Fringe FM. You guys have a good night.